1: Let me see. I don't know why I keep singing shy. The very first time. All right. What are you guys drinking today?
2: I'm drinking tea. Hmm? Tea.
3: Tea? I am doing wine. However, I was very, very low on my Cabernet Sauvignon. So if y'all see me in the middle of an episode, switch to a Sauvignon Blanc. Manage business.
1: I was given alcoholism. Okay. Um, (laughs) I am drinking filtered water because I went to the nail salon today because they had messed up my Russian manicure and, um, uh, they were so apologetic. They kept saying, please get some, some wine so we can make it up to you. I said, no, no, no. You fixing my nails for free was more than enough. And she kept on saying, and I felt so bad that as I was waiting for my Uber, I just guzzled a glass of wine. No, not wine. Um, champagne I'm with three minutes. So in three minutes, I guzzled a whole glass of champagne on an empty stomach. I forgotten that I hadn't had breakfast yet. Mm -hmm. When I showed up to my house, it was something when I showed up to my house today, uh, rock the boat by Aaliyah was playing internally inside my body. I had to (laughs) crawl to the couch. (laughs) I almost texted somebody. You guys ever want to test somebody something risky when you're a little tipsy? For sure. All
3: the, all the time. <laughs> Who does
1: it? I almost sent a risky text at 3 p.m. I was like, yeah, I need to take a nap. because That's what
3: Sunday Funday is all about.
1: Uh, today <laughs> is Tuesday, Jeffrey. It's Tuesday. So that <laughs> felt interesting. Um, speaking of texting things that are risky, shout out to Lutasha for talking me into talking to a man that I was going to curve, Lulu. Um, Jeffrey just watched. Jeff was like, I'm not getting into it. I'm
3: just- I think by the time I saw it, it was like hours after. And so I was like, okay, well, she's clearly already gotten what I would have said. Is that what you would have I- said, really? Yes.
2: He probably would have made you do more, okay? <laughs> For-, <laughs> For
1: those of you who don't know the story... Um, Whip I'm it gonna- out! <laughs> oh, my heavens. I am trying to be discreet here. For those of you who don't know the story, I'm going to pick my words carefully, so friends, follow my lead. Um, someone attractive and and, and popular... Uh, has been <laughs> trying to speak to me and my first thought was you too shiny you got too many abs um, <laughs> too many bitches too much too much money I'm it just smells like trouble my first thought was it smells like trouble and Lutasha told me to stop fucking around uh, apparently, Jeff would have told me the same thing had he gotten to the DMs in time.
3: So just start fucking around.
1: <laughs> you know what, <laughs> Jeffrey? Oh my heavens. <laughs> well, this is supposed to—you know what? This is supposed to be a conversation about. I was really internally working through it. As women, we always say we don't want to be judged based on how we look. I was very openly judging this man on how he looked, and I can't figure <laughs> out. I've been taking a poll all week: is it discernment or judgment? Because you would think that a man who is attractive in a peacock kind of way you guys saw his page he's a peacock yes. right so a man who's attractive in a peacock kind of way who's popular and who has money i immediately think fuck boy and headache <laughs> so is that is that me being judgmental or me being discerning and not ne- having any energy for headaches that's what that's, i'm gonna ask you guys today
3: i i think it's it could be both i mean it's 2023 anybody got social media that's judgment and discernment <laughs> because it probably <laughs> is a chance to say, oh, fuck boy. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's a little bit
1: of both. I like that, Jeff. How about you, Lulu? We keep it keep the cause I know you will, child.
3: No, I think I
2: don't. I don't like the idea of judging off of you know all that kind of stuff. Even though it points in in fuck boy, I just think that everybody should get an opportunity to show you to fuck you actually, over first. <laughs> if they actually, I feel like there are way more signs until the actual when you actually really get fucked. <laughs>
3: yeah. There are so I mean, many steps. <laughs> you should still talk to him. I mean, I just... Yeah, yeah I mean, he could be a fuckboy, but I mean, right now he could be your fuck boy. I don't want a fuck boy. I don't, boy, I don't want a you fuck can, boy.
2: You can see once you start engaging and talking and hanging out, you can see that he is a fuckboy and then you could just stop talking to him. Like,
3: or you can see how deep the fuckboyness goes. Jeffrey, <laughs> so, you uh, are last on week, demon time. Last, no, no, no. Last week, y'all found out. You, I come off very fuckboy-ish. But, Blue, you saw it in the cards. I am a big old puppy.
1: Internally. <laughs> yes, your heart. You have the heart of a puppy. It comes out the the heart right of the
3: right it pulls it out. Y'all pull it out of me. That's true. But you also not fucking us.
1: Right. That part. (laughs) (laughs) That part. Some people are really great as friends that you see them date. You're like, you're a demon. Oh, my God. (laughs) I've actually met people who I thought were amazing and I dated them. And I was like, ooh, that was a mistake. You're like, ooh yeah are you guys the same way in your really well we're in a jeffrey's answer he just said he's an angel to his friends and a demon to uh, uh you said you said you said that you're a lot that's that's the language you you said you were a lot i can be
3: a lot I can you can be a lot, be a lot. I've down i've calmed down as i've matured and gotten older but i you know i can be a lot
1: how about you lulu do you think you're a lot or the same when you're dating and when you're friends
2: i think i'm a lot with both <laughs> lot i love
1: the stuff where it is a lot of fun yeah <laughs> and by fun she means did you die did you die <laughs> or in the words of lula did you get arrested no did i get arrested <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: i'm actually totally different in relationships versus dating totally like, effing different in what way i've dated several people who what does it sound like oh shit well i've dated a lot of people <laughs> who are my friends first and the number one feedback i get is that i'm so different that some of them like it some of them don't i'm a lot more um spicy and mouthy with my friends and socially i am a house cat romantically why do you think that is um because the world has you fucked up but your partner shouldn't like if i can't be chill at home where can i be chill
3: i've never dated anybody that i was not friends with first so i've never like had a blind date or met anybody like we should date like everybody i dated we had a friendship for a long or good period of time and then it was like oh i think i like you okay
1: well, see here. Jeffrey, you and I have similar charts. And the part of me wonders because I had an ex one time who said that it was a she. She didn't like that because now she's looking at my friends like, well, who got next if we don't work out? And I was like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You call me a hold to my face. Um, do you think that's a concern though if you're someone who has dated a lot of friends? Does that make you a, a risk uh, to your partners if they know that <laughs> they were your friend before and the next one might also be your friend?
3: no because it didn't happen until it happened like i wasn't it wasn't like this like ooh, i met what you. what does that was like, mean jeff
1: wait, wait, hold on <laughs> <laughs> like, my face like, was, like it didn't happen until it happened what yeah, does
3: that mean <laughs> like i'm going back i'm thinking about all three of my exes and when i met them it wasn't at all this initial Ooh, i think you're cute or i might have some sort of a feeling for you we became cool and just and I think in getting to know that authentic, real person, because it was no guard up. It was no airs mm-hmm. of I'm trying to impress you. It yeah. was kind of like a, oh, and I will say that all three of them trapped me. I didn't ask. <laughs> but any you of were them.
1: single when you had the, oh, you were Oh, yeah, yeah, I was
3: single. Yeah, yeah I was single. But I okay. wasn't like, oh, we should date. They Je- Jeffrey, me. every time
1: you talk, you are just a flight. Like, it's just like, oh, he sounds so good. And then he don't. <laughs> I can see why the kids are nervous about you, Justin. The
3: kids are,
1: nervous. The kids are nervous.
3: nervous. Nothing to be nervous about. Me. Oh, friends! I am friend. gentle. I am gentle. I am kind. I am giving. <laughs>
0: I You're smart. all those things. I smart. I was <laughs> wonderful.
1: Oh,
3: yeah.
1: I've given. I have a good heart right. until I don't. Right. Said it didn't happen until it did. That sounds right. like premium fuckboy antics. It didn't happen until it did. Right. Yeah, I will block le- you. <laughs> well, it's so funny because as I was struggling to um, talk to Shiny Bay, I decided to give everybody names because it's the only way I could stop myself from getting canceled because I feel like everybody I'm talking to has said things to me over the last two weeks they're watching the pod, so now I'm. Wait uncomfortable. a minute!
3: Everybody talking to how many? Are, I thought it was just one. How many are you over there talking to Blue? Jeffrey, this is not how friendship works. <laughs>
1: oh, wow!
3: Wow! I'm just, just paying attention wow. to the words, wow. speaking to the people. Wow! <laughs>
1: I, wow! Can we, I wish these
3: we nicknames things. do they come with emojis in your phone? <laughs> <laughs> I am not answer. I played the fifth because Jeffrey has just made me. Natasha, she got eggplant. <laughs> a devil emoji I'm going to just say
1: shiny bae. But here's, here's the thing nobody
3: tornado right.
1: <laughs> I'm getting roasted on my own show this is how it works this is exactly how Jason is no, feeling my favorite uh-huh. one
3: is the, the uh, shaking face <laughs> right. oh, snap. that's the one that's the, almost knocked off of her feet <laughs> yeah
1: well here's the thing nobody has how do I say this I have ADD if anybody was doing what they needed to I wouldn't have plurals so I'm I'm, I'm not getting, I'm not talking to anybody who makes me feel like I need to invest in one person, right? So way,
2: way to get out of that one, Blue. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm fighting for my life, Lulu. I'm fighting for my life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Kimberly, you are Judas,
1: okay? Oh, you you did it again. Whole, right? You are a whole ass fucking Judas. What I was trying to say is, Shiny Bay, the one that you and Lulu told me to give a chance to, has horrible banter. Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: no,
1: no that. conversation. Easy Sweet. Too. I am girl. No, sweet girl, beautiful <laughs> gowns, beautiful, gorgeous stomach, <laughs> like, beautiful face, right? And you know what it is? I don't even know if he's stupid because he's not talking enough. Like he hasn't even spoken enough. It's a lot of how was your day? Mm-hmm. I can only do but so much in a day like ask me something else, can we talk about something else? And I, I try to do make jokes cuz you know I can be funny and he'll laugh and then he'll ask how my day was again. And I'm like oh. <laughs> He's yeah. like, "WYD?"
3: Are these jokes W-Y-D. <laughs> <laughs> H-B-U. Right. (laughs) Um,
1: Right. I'm just like, mm.
3: Your uh, responses and jokes, do they end as a statement or do you also follow it up with a a response for him a question for him to respond
1: they're cheeky I'm a cheeky bitch like being cheeky (laughs) comes very naturally to me so I'll say something like he asked me something okay I don't want to say too much because he's watching fuck he'll ask me a (laughs) question and I'll answer in a way where I say something like you know when they say uh, your intrusive thoughts one I'll share an intrusive thought that's kind of cheeky and then it'll leave it open for you to say something back like you know throw the ball back at me
4: and he, and he was like, ha ha ha! You're so funny. <laughs> I was like,
1: oh, thank you, I appreciate. it. Is this thing on? Like, so, like, yeah, you guys. This is why the fine ones with money, like that. That's I'm sorry, and Jeffrey. Even though you you say you're not the same, you're the same way. I don't care how fine you are, how much money you are. If I can't have like sexy back and forth,
3: oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I can't. I can't. Ooh, I can't do nothing with that.
3: I can't. And in the beginning, I like for it to be like you know a little covered up innuendos. We <laughs> right, know, we
1: little risky
3: text. <laughs> Little risky text. If I had sent him a risky text today,
1: if I had some in a risky text today,
3: he'd be like, Are you drunk? He wouldn't
1: like he wouldn't he wouldn't have had anything to give me back. Just, I mean that could be a conversation
3: starter. Go for it and see what happens. I don't I yeah, don't wanna have bit. to
1: say I don't wanna have to say You, you guys don't should,
2: have to initiate all of it. Is
1: that it? It's a turn off if I have to be the alpha. Cause I'm not naturally yeah. an alpha and I've noticed about all people, men and women alike if you start off pretending to be the alpha to get the, the wheels turning, they'll let you keep on doing that. Yeah. And I'll be like, I was just trying to do a temp job. I thought I was going to throw it at you or hey, catch it. That's,
3: that's exactly why I don't like meeting people to date them. I want to get, I want to have already known you, had that comfortable relationship. That whole like- That's why you fucking friend group? <laughs> right. <laughs> Making his rounds. <laughs> it's putting so the luckily, block. And you know split what? Luckily all three of my exes have been complete, like none of them are the same friend group. So it's not like- also, I'm you spread to
1: mess around. Okay. <laughs> like, i from group to group. You pollinating Listen, ass.
3: Equal okay. Maybe that, maybe that didn't sound like he did in my head. It didn't come out. It sounded like the truth.
1: Head. It sounded like the true friend. Well, funny enough, Jessie Wu, we know her. She's a, she's a very funny comedian. She actually did a post where she said, everyone thinks that it's actually easier dating when you are high profile, but it's actually trickier because people think they know you. And she and I had a really great back and forth about that. And in the midst of us having a back and forth on Threads, shout out to Threads. I've been hanging out there more than Twitter lately. Um, Probably because I don't feel like anybody knows me over there. So I feel like I'm talking into the abyss. And in the middle of it, a colleague of mine jumped in and said, Yeah, Blue, remember that time I was going on a blind date? She had met somebody on hinge or something and she wanted, and it was a, a, like a group activity. So she was like, I'll bring my girls, you bring your people, and we'll all like meet at the same time. So I'm mm-hmm. coming thinking I'm coming to support a colleague and meeting someone named it off the internet, making sure she doesn't get, you know, end up on Dateline um the person showed up and within three seconds their friend said oh my god you're blue from hollywood Unlocked. i love you so much and like went on this rant and i was like oh thank you i appreciate it didn't think anything of it apparently that disrupted the entire date um the energy was off i was like okay i'm a distraction i left so that they could like focus on her she said the whole date was ruined mm. and i was like oh, i was girl you invited me you know you you know what i do you do the same thing and so my question is Have you ever because you both, you know, we live in L.A. We all know people who have public figure jobs or celebrities. I think those are two very different things, right? Like we're public figures because we're we're doing this podcast as people who are public figures and have friends who are celebrities. Have you ever perceived that you or someone that you know who's in the limelight in any kind of way is being judged or there's a distraction around them having a a face that people might know? Because I was shocked when she told me that story.
3: Yes, and his name is James Bland. I knew it. I knew <laughs> you were going to say
1: James Bland. James, shout out to James. James you shiny, is- tall, sexy motherfucker. Because <laughs> Listen, That is our,
3: in in one of my friend groups that I have not dated <laughs> in. Mm-hmm. No, that is our running joke. I pray James. James is honestly one of the greatest people on this earth. And we just always joke about how any time, Latasha, you've been there. Whenever we step out, we go to Denny's, we go to Norm's, Damn, we go to the liquor store. we go to Natasha <laughs> house. If it's anybody there that has never met, it's, Oh my god, you're JR Bland. You're J and I'm like, you don't even know him. You call him JR Bland. Get out of here! His- it's, <laughs> it's James. You don't even know him, but no. Yeah, but that it is it like, doesn't yeah.
2: help that he's like six, six, and fine. So like I feel like even if he wasn't J.R. Bland, people still would be like watching him and seeing what he's doing and where he's going and all that. Yeah, Bay okay,
3: Latasha, we get it. Okay, girl. <laughs> and, and,
1: and
2: oh, and the girls. I
1: actually, the first time you guys introduced me to James, I was like, he's such a lovely man. I posted a picture of all of us, a group like 511 attractive people, right? Nobody in the group is ugly. That's one thing I will say. Don't know if this means we're shallow, but you guys have never introduced me to anybody unattractive. <laughs> and I post the picture and my friend who's in a long-term relationship was like, you know, I got a man, but that one right there, kind of fine. I said, uh, a girl, he's not even batting
2: for our team. Like, what's happening? That's what so- somebody said to you. One of my friends was like, how come you don't date that J.R. Bland? Like, what's up with that? And I was like- I mean, it's not without trying, okay? Yeah, that, I mean, it's so it's.
3: Uh, so, I'm gonna take a razor blade to his face.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's like, "I'm the pretty one, tall oh, motherfucker." If I was seven feet tall, I'd be getting. It. No, but what, what is it like watching people fawn over? And do you think it was hard for him or anybody in his kind of limelight to date? Because I'm hearing that even the girls who are not as shiny as James and by girls, we don't, that's gender neutral in this room, guys, girls with a W is gender neutral. But the girls are struggling to like find dates without being judged when they're seen like that. Have you seen that up close and personal?
3: When they're, you said when they're celebrities?
1: When they're celebrities, when they're well-known people assume that they know them based on what they've heard a lot of times.
2: Oh, Yeah. And sometimes it's not even about based on what they know. Like I have a friend who's like a fashion influencer. Mm-hmm. And so she doesn't have a huge, and she does fashion like literally for women. Like, like just, it's like women. She's not like wearing tight shit, bending over cars, you know, doing squats and deadlifts. Like she's like, very specific. She's like- <laughs> she's not she's hoeing. She's not hoeing. So mm-hmm. she has a lot of women followers. And she was telling me that she hates giving men her Instagram because she has so many followers that they're like, immediately intimidated and she's not even do like it's literally her page is like literally for women and like you could you, you could tell like it's not sexual at all she's like trying to tell you where to get the clothes trying to tell you where the deals are where you get your nails done stuff like that but she has a huge following and she said constantly dudes are like oh call you big money oh you big money you know how
1: i, <laughs> I feel about understand. men calling me big money i hate that shit that means you're <laughs> broke or you're insecure or
3: both right i,
1: I don't have call me big never...
3: money. And I've heard this, Lutasha. I've never understood people. What is it about social media numbers or public positions that make people so intimidated? Like, I've you don't never...
1: get a million followers accidentally. Yeah, but that—that's that, of... intentional.
3: But why is? It, I guess I would like for someone who does get intimidated by to explain why is that intimidating.
1: Um. Well, I, intimidating isn't the word that I would use. I would. I would. I would say for me, it can be a little off-putting if you are someone who is getting millions of people looking at you as a peacock and peacocking is your because social media is a full-time job there's no nine-to-five for social media so if you're a full-time peacock and you're constantly being fed that endorphin high and serotonin of people constantly praising you it does often not always but it does often create a very conceited and shallow and self-absorbed kind of mindset that i don't personally find attractive
2: But I think that it depends on like what kind of platform you have too. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're not, like if you're sharing information, like people who have a million followers who are like vegan chefs and like... They be you know, the biggest hoes. What are you talking about? That was a bad example. I'm not saying they're not a hoe. Oh. I'm <laughs> saying their platform <laughs> is not like...
3: <laughs> That's not what they reaching for, Blue. Yeah. Okay. That's
2: the point I'm trying to make. Okay. Just, I don't know. I think that also like, I'm not like a huge Instagram personality, but I feel like there's been a lot of times in my life where I've been judged by like the way that I look and also, you know, being an athlete and all this kind of stuff and people have always made assumptions. I mm-hmm. think maybe that's why I go out of my way to be like, well, let me see exactly who this person are. Like, I'll never forget when I was in college, I was like doing a group project in my major and this girl was like, what you really nice. Like, I thought you were a hoe. And I was like, well, hoes can be nice. (laughs) That's true. Hoes are the nicest. Right. (laughs) By by
1: definition, you have to be nice to be a hoe. You got
3: to be nice. Keep them numbers up.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I never judged them until I, I dated them and was on that kumbaya shit. And the biggest betrayals and the biggest headaches and the most psychological trauma I've ever had was from those people. So for me, it's PTSD. No, from the really shy. I thought to me, oh, you're shiny and you're pretty and you have a big platform. You're misunderstood. And then I was like, oh no, they were all right.
2: Well, I just like to take the things are on a case by case basis is basically yeah. what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying, you know, agree. and you can, you know, if it's working for you, I'm sure you're killing it at life and the decisions that you're making, but I just like to actually see. And then if it continues to be right, then I just, it is what it is, but I still like to take it with a grain of salt because, you know, just because you tall, I don't mean, you play sports and just because, you know That's what I'm true. saying? Like, it's just, it's just like something like that for me personally, but you
1: know thought. i've had three bad ex- th- no two bad experiences maybe third times the charm cuz I, I, it was a bad friend experience the most psychotic friend i ever had was a, a major influencer who i thought was a pretty girl who was being misjudged she's actually a horrible human being
3: mm-hmm.
1: um and dark-sided and th- the most bitter angry conceited stupid man i've ever deep. invested time in was also
3: that, <laughs> that B and bitter it came from it right came it came from the gut right the gut. <laughs> said, he, he
1: tried Whoa, to mess what? with my money and right. I, I don't I don't wish him well. He was also someone who I thought was like, oh, everybody, I'm a nice guy. No, you're also demon and dark sided. So I think because I've fallen for that so many times twice, but it, they were both back to back. It's I think it's kind of giving me like they're not all wrong. Some of you are horrible but people.
2: I think that it's OK to take pause and take people with a grain of salt in general. Yeah. Like to me in life, my my thing is, is I'm trying to be open minded, like I'm not trying yeah. to be like. Oh, no. I'm just like, hey, let's just see what happens. Because I feel like people are going to show you who you are. It's it's very hard for them to not for especially for an extended amount of time. So my that's thing very is true. Like, I'm going to be open minded. I'm not going to prejudge. Like, but I'm like, if you showing signs of things that happened to me in the past, then that's different. But I'm just going to wait to see the signs
3: before I make a, a judgment. See, and that's why you date in a friend group. Jeffrey <laughs> oh
2: my
1: lord <laughs> nobody is safe y'all out y'all <laughs> here dating strangers Look. wow James if you ever become single please do not go to Jeffrey's office <laughs> <that> James playing. <laughs> he said, I, no, I thought you, you and James playing spades it was the first time I ever saw James James oh, yes, yes, James yes. is a gentle giant but he was he told Jeffrey he had to find his own way home <laughs> the Spades game on the Fourth of July. We were like, "Oh, Jeffrey, needs to no. ride
3: home." Yeah, we have since made up. That is my brother. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, y'all
1: know his tall, fine stuff. All right, so uh, <laughs> the topic that I want to talk to first today, because that was an interesting warm up, and thank you guys for helping me work through that. What I'm picking up from this conversation is Jeffrey. You were actually right. It was half judgment, half discernment. I think I was showing discernment because I've been burned so many times. But I am happy that Lulu talked me into still giving this person a chance because who knows, he might not be the demon that the other two were. And so... It's at least fair for me to try it out and see who all is over there, and if he's a decent human being who just happens yeah, to be you to marry
3: him next week or anything. Just hey, about have, have a little fun. What's we what say for the summertime? I mean, a little, winter, a little but, shimmy. You know, but well,
1: it's it's the summer in Australia. It's always summer summer Speaking of, uh, yeah. we're not asking you to get married. Uh, let's get into the Ashanti topic because I want to talk to the girls under thirty-five who are talking with bass in their voice about
3: things that they don't understand. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and talking about things with with income they cannot understand. Right. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <First of>
1: all. <laughs> I, I will first say this, right? I want you to thank God that the three of us did not have social media as popular as it was when we were that young.
2: Thank God. Thank the sweet baby Jesus.
1: Because we sounded just as stupid as y'all do. So uh. v- please understand any conversation that we're about to ask, talk about how stupid y'all sound, how fucking dumb y'all sound. We <laughs> too sounded stupid. We were there. <laughs> we we were there as well, right? We just didn't have TikTok to like make it permanent. So I just I just want to say that Uh, we're speaking to the young lady who uh, did a very ill-advised, ill-informed and short-sighted video outside of her tax and age bracket about how Ashanti is a pick me for uh, allegedly being pregnant with Nellie's baby because uh, his last girlfriend said that she wanted to have a ring and get married before having a baby. And here you are, a rebound chick getting knocked up without a ring. Um, You look stupid. That young lady. Uh. Was not around for most of the nineties. And so I find it deeply ironic that she has so much to say. Um, and there's been a big debate now about, first of all, bitch, Nellie, one of the things she said was, Oh, Nellie just wanted kids. And now you got a 45 year old baby daddy at the end of his life and you ain't even got a rank. First of all, being 47 ish is not the end of your life. That's not how math works. <laughs> Unless he has a terminal illness, he would probably live for many more decades, statistically speaking. Um, number two, when you are someone who is 43, 20 plus years into your career and a multimillionaire who's been on per- perpetual vacation for the past 10 years. Ashanti has been on vacation for like, on vacation. the last yeah. decade. So, so clearly Shanti her is money the, is long. She is the
3: definition of the soft life. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when you are a bitch who's been winning for longer than the person talking about you has been alive. You might not look at marriage the same way because marriage is an institution that not all people need at a certain tax bracket. So you don't even know what Ashanti's conversation around marriage is to begin with. Who says she even wants to be married? Number three, uh, who, are you to, who are you to call somebody a baby mama? You don't know what conversations they had, especially with fertility being an issue. If you're 43 and rich and you and your nigga finally figured it out and got the right therapist and you got one egg left, <laughs> I might want to have my baby before I plan a wedding, even if I, if I even want a wedding to begin with. So I was very triggered by how stupid this young lady sounded, but she was talking with full bass in her voice. And so Lulu hit us up, and she was like, "Are we gonna talk about Ashanti?" I said, "Hell yeah, we are." <laughs> um, what are your thoughts around the uh, discourse around Ashanti and Nelly in general, and also about the reaction to the pregnancy this week, allegedly, because they haven't confirmed it yet. Um, I don't think.
2: Um, I personally, you know, okay? So everything that you say, I completely, I completely fucking agree with. And I think that, first of all, she's not a rebound because I feel like he always wanted her. I don't know why they broke up. I don't know what happened, but... The way that man was chasing her around that uh <laughs> the, the versus, stage? That versus stage.
1: He's like, get I to want, me. I, I want you. Come back.
2: Right? Please, baby, please. Please,
1: baby, please. I ain't <laughs> never seen a black man beg like that in public oh since my the God. 70s. Is
2: there are cameras everywhere, Nelly? He didn't give a damn. Like he was mm-hmm. like, I Ashanti? want your back,
1: baby. Right. <laughs> that other lady mean, she mean right. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like, um
2: he I feel like he would have left uh Chanel or Chantel, whatever her name is. I think he would have left. You don't know either. Chantel. I feel like he would have left her first, Shanti, and been like, oh, you want to get back together? Cool. Uh, Yeah, so... And I think that every relationship is different. He clearly didn't want to marry that girl, or else he would have. Who's to say that him and Shanti aren't also going to get married? And back to what you said, marriage is really a legal contract that's supposed to be beneficial for both parties. Mm -hmm. And not everybody wants that. Back to what you were saying, once you're in a certain tax bracket, there's really no reason for her to want to marry Nellie if, she, if she don't want to, like, there's, there's no benefit. Like she's rich on her own by herself. And then maybe she doesn't want to have to worry about uh sharing a role Assets with- and yeah, the assets, you know, having the lawyers involved, doing all that kind of stuff just to make sure she protects herself. And they, she spun the block. So she was like, you know what? I'm happy now. And the only thing that I will say is that sometimes, Sometimes
1: sometimes. I love when you do it. I said sometimes. You guys (laughs) have to find that clip that she's referencing. It's hilarious.
2: Sometimes I think that black women, and this goes back to kind of what you were talking about earlier. Like Ashanti is famous. She's beautiful. She's rich. She don't have a ton of options of like really viable candidates, so th- I don't think there's anything wrong with her spinning the block, especially like you said, if they got the right therapist, you know, or whatever they work through whatever issues they were having, and now they're happy. Great, I think that's wonderful. Sometimes, sometimes I don't even know if this is the case with Ashanti. I feel like black women will just be like, "All right, well, fuck it. Like, I really do want to have a baby, and we're doing all right right now." So let's just give it a fucking go. Because she's like, "What's the worst that can happen? If we don't work out, and I'll be rich with my cute baby."
1: Literally, ooh, what a horrible life!
2: Right now, <laughs> the, the baby's on vacation too. It's her and the baby <laughs> on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> her and the
3: baby. Ooh, right,
1: <laughs> so horrible. What do you think, Jeffrey, oh. is the man on the panel?
3: I I stay out of these celebrities' business because it's like. <laughs>
1: We're on a pod, friend. You can't do that again. <laughs> like, it's I know. Job. Like,
3: I mean, I it it honestly, it makes sense. I feel like Ashanti and Nelly. Yeah, I remember they broke up, but I I feel like Ashanti and Nelly have been Ashanti and Nelly for a long period of time. So seeing mm. them get back together, like y'all said, when we was chasing around on the first stage. I mean, it was very clear that something is still there. It's very clear that this man is still in love with this woman. You know, right. and Ashanti, if she didn't want him, we would have known it because. I, she ain't gonna give him just attention just because, you know. She don't need to because he was
1: trying for a very long time before she finally yeah. said yes and showed up with him. I have you guys ever had somebody date you fumble the bag, like go all around the world and I I I I and realize that it, oh snap, you were actually might have been it. Has that ever happened to you? Yep. In some- <laughs> I felt a friend. It's a, It might be a tourist
2: thing. This happens to us a lot. <laughs> you know, it happens to us a lot. No, it, it's definitely happened to me as well. And like I really feel like, I, and I again, I don't know, but I feel like he always wanted her this whole time and she was just like, you know what? I'm going to right. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you, I'm going to need you to act better, whatever. And then she was like, okay, it seems like, you know, you grown up, you whatever you've changed or, or not or whatever. Maybe she's in a different space. He's in a different space mentally. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I definitely know it was definitely not given rebound desperation.
3: Stupid baby mama. Yeah, none of that look shit. at you! Look none, at you! Look none at you! Nothing seen nothing like that. Yeah. Nothing I was like watching that. the video.
2: Like, did I miss a whole like news
1: week? Like, what news cycle did she get this this data from? And you know what? To the young lady who made the video, I actually usually like her takes on stuff because I find her really spicy and thought provoking, and I and I love seeing this new crop of young people like having critical analysis. Unfortunately, this one was a dub. I, I can't see anything redeeming in what you said. And I will say this young lady, Um, please invest in condoms because if you ever, ever in your fucking <laughs> life get knocked up unmarried, the internet will remind you of how stupid you sounded today.
2: They definitely will. But I, it's, I think that also people need to start reevaluating like I, a lot of times people act like the goal for all women is to be a wife and be married. And it's just simply untrue. Yeah.
4: Like,
2: it just isn't. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like everybody has their own path. Everybody has their own walk and marriage is not the only thing a marriage is literally a legal contract. That's supposed to be beneficial for both parties. And I remember I was telling this guy cuz he was like, "Oh, you all there but you still single." And I was like, "You think I can't get married if I want to?" I was like, "Every bitch on this planet can be married if she wants to. There's a nigga yeah. who will marry her. There it's there is no shortage of niggas. There is no shortage of niggas in your face. There it's just I mean, it may not always be the one you want, but you can get that part. To- you can get a nigga to marry you. Like it's not it's not difficult. So, but I'm like, marriage would be a byproduct of me finding somebody who I wanted to build a life with. Like, yeah. if, and even still, like that it's not necessarily true. Like with them, they're both rich. So it's just like, sometimes you're combining assets to do something. Like what's his name? Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Russell. Her Russell. They never, they never they got never married. They never got married, yes. <laughs>
3: That yeah. was like the greatest relationship right there. So I just it's...
1: heard that Cheryl Lee Ralph and her husband after 20 years finally officially yes. moved in together. Yes.
3: Is that why that they yesterday. lasted 20
1: years? Right, exactly.
3: What's the secret sauce. I was living with ex.
1: <laughs> w- would you guys do that? Live in separate houses from your partner?
3: I would. I felt it. <laughs> either separate houses or a big enough house where it feels like we have that much separation.
1: I would love us to have our own playrooms, where because I'm a cuddler, so I do want to sleep in the same bed. But if if I'm on my cycle or uh, you're annoying me, I would like to have my own space and you have your own space, like the option to disengage when needed.
2: Yeah, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Seriously, so
1: go to the other side of the house and say I'll see you (laughs) next Sunday.
3: Every single day, I like that. Like even we can spend five out of seven nights together, but just knowing that you have a place to go, that's great
2: sometimes I wonder you get a little break a little air especially if you've lived alone for so long
3: yeah
1: but 20 years i'm wondering what made her finally move into his room <laughs> like what made her finally say like hey let's all be together in one i space. thought it was
2: that he was living like in pennsylvania and she was living in la and they were that going is it. that's
1: that's that might be the secret because uh, no, vacation no, sex be amazing
3: separate apartments in the same city i can't do long distance like, i can't do that type of here yeah, you go with
1: together, the long distance <laughs> slander and
3: yeah, uh, that, i mean again for some but for me yeah i can't be in a completely different city or state like i'm talking you may, yeah, your, your house is 20 30 minutes maybe but
1: you wouldn't even go to I the valley friend
3: oh no i ain't going to the valley no no we ain't dating that's long distance
1: okay so jeffrey what if you're dating an actor or someone who's a celebrated figure who has to constantly be away for films and stuff
3: that's different work that's what you know. this so, is but, for sherry but is your res- is your residence like here in that's LA? semantics
1: in real life you gone for three months at a time because you are yeah. doing a movie or abbott elementary or whatever else you, that's semantics yeah. in real life she has to be gone she's in la for film and television obviously <laughs> he's in pennsylvania because that's probably where his life is and so i feel like when there's a really good reason and it's a bigger than life reason like that i think it's most people would actually eat the the long distance um, thingy I would honestly, I wouldn't mind having a partner that I I could visit. All honestly, the one thing I will say, even though I was a little bit hesitant to date an influencer of a certain magnitude, I would love. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at the camera. Can someone please take me on a branded content trip of some sort that I don't have to pay for? (laughs) I would love a free vacation because my mom has recently told me that she's concerned about how giving I am, and every like week she'll call and say, "You didn't buy nothing for nobody, right?" And I'm like, "What do you think I am, a sugar?" (laughs) <laughs> and i was talking all this shit like she's so crazy she's getting older i went to my expedia account this week and was looking up something and it's expedia keeps a track of everybody that you fly out baby flying out,
2: flying no out, no
1: like family friends uh, uh, Sometimes
2: i was like <laughs> right I like, i'm like i, like I don't it. understand like i don't understand it does not compute I don't. or
1: or if there's a vacation and I'm and I'm, I'm I'm dating someone but I'm planning the vacation I'm like give me your information you can just sell me the money because I'm the one who's gonna do the accommodations because if I like it you'll like it like I'm the bougier one when it comes to travel accommodations so folks usually give me the money and I'll book it because by the time I like it, you've already been liked it you know what I mean so uh, I'm looking at this list I'm like look at all these motherfuckers I have made travel accommodations for and 80 percent, 80% of them I paid for because, you know, family, friends, and a couple of times it was like, oh, baby, it's your birthday. I'm going to take you to Vegas. You know what I mean? So, I realized that I've spent a lot of fucking money flying people around and taking people on vacations. I have never had a single human being outside of my mama take me on vacation. Not
3: so, that's my... New- gotta dating? Is... Okay, so all you got to do, got to get that thirst trap up. Right. Look, got to out real first fast. Look,
1: look, 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 y'all said thirst trap. I, I I pinned extra buttons to my neck, and uh, I'm just like a stud today.
3: <laughs> no, we, we got to get that thirst <laughs> trap up and ready to go, and you're going to be flued out by New Year's. Right. Ooh,
1: that's very soon. Well, you know, what's funny is I've I just i was you thinking about for this. it. <laughs> yeah. And to Lulu's question about dating, I've realized I've only been courted by people with money. I've never been in a relationship with people with money.
2: Mm.
1: I think courtship and, and relationship are very different. So I've had people with money court me. But as far as we go together and you got a, a bag. No, I, I ain't never gone together with somebody with a bag. It's usually they're trying to use money to get some cookies and whatnot. And I feel I feel uncomfortable and then I cut it off.
2: Got it. I think a
1: relationship with somebody with money would be very different. Um, uh, A part of me, I think a word about control, Lulu, you can speak to this, you too, Jeffrey, because we know you're pretty and shit. Um, have, <laughs> for, have y'all ever had a full relationship, not just courtship and dating, but a full relationship with someone of means and was control ever an issue for you? Yes. Because that's the reason why I've never bitten the bullet and committed because we were courting and, and the perks were great, but the control issues always turned me off. How about you, Lulu?
2: Um, the short answer is no because oh. I, I feel like no i'm i'm I feel like <laughs> this is gonna sound bad, but I feel like when you're with somebody like that, you can kind of manipulate the situation, so he always feels like he's in control, but you're really in control. Mm-hmm.
1: See, cancers. Y'all think cancers are so sweet? They are the most. (laughs) Oh
3: my god! You are exposing your side. I'm always saying cancers are some cunning motherfuckers (laughs) behind all the hugs. My issue on that part is, see, I got too much mouth.
1: Same friend. That's that's
3: thing. I got too much mouth, so where, like Lou said, to the point, yes, you can let them always feel like they're in control and really show off in your face, sitting there pulling the string. I don't know how to be that nice and cover it up. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what the fuck I ain't going to do. And what Ooh, is going on. <laughs> yeah, I got too much mouth. So that, you know, it's. Mm.
1: I'm so happy <laughs> that you finally admitted that the 30 million wouldn't shut you up.
3: Well, it's never been anybody <laughs> with 30 million. I was Child, saying, they, they've never had 30 million. Money 30 makes million. you
1: more of what you already are.
3: For 30 million, I might shut my ass up. No, you have more mouth. <laughs> Lo- I know you're you not talking crazy to me. <laughs> I know you're not
1: talking crazy to me in my wing of the house. You got I, me fucked <laughs> up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> right, thirty million. It might change. If I, get, if I hit that, I'll let y'all know. But so far, it's, it's been acute, but not thirty million. I'm and gonna go back yeah, to when he was being honest.
2: Mouth, too much mouth. Thank you for being honest, friend. But I've had too not, much mouth. There's a lot. There's a difference between having mouth and letting them feel like they're in control because. I'm pretty mouthy too, and I'm talking shit all the time. But it's like Learn. it's really like there uh, is an art to it, honestly. But because like, you, it's not like you're like meek and just like whatever it is you like, whatever it is you like. Like, oh yeah, hell no. Or, like you're just <laughs> <Damn> like- Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey almost got a case from the hypothetical. Because <laughs> I'm not it's even lame. like that. But it's just like the perception of it is really all the perception. You talk shit all the time,
1: but you're laughing all the time, so you can get away with it, Lou. That's really what it is. Maybe we, me and Jeffrey don't laugh enough. Like we we. My face get real stoic. Like, who you talking to? Oh
3: yeah, I, no I wear my. Ain't no LOL. Know my face. Yeah, that, we don't have the LOL
1: in our face like you do. You can say or, some real I greasy really, shit. I really think it's funny though, too. Yeah, that, that is menacing. Oh my god, she, she's just like, uh, oh, you think uh, I'm uh, laughing with you? I'm laughing at you. <laughs>
3: how uh, how I'm feeling is written. Was it? It's written all over <laughs> my face. <laughs> because... all right, let's not say too much We don't want to get a
1: copyright body
3: <laughs> You right. don't have <laughs> to say. Oh, what's the name of that group? I need to add it to a playlist. You know
1: what, <laughs> Jeffrey's auntie playlist, I love it. <laughs> if there's something from the 90s and early 2000s that is a B-side, Jeffrey probably has it oh, on the playlist somewhere. Well, speaking of playlists, you know we have to talk about this. Uh, the Renaissance film uh, debuted this weekend. have um, it. You're it, it of a few. It, it made history. I'm going to read the stats real quick. It got 100 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a huge rarity, because you know Rotten Tomatoes is where, is where the haters love to, to dwell. Hellscape. It really is a hellscape. So to, to, to get a hundred percent is like the God himself stopped the haters from finding you. Um, it grossed 11.5 million on the opening day alone. It broke the record for the highest post Thanksgiving opening Friday of all time. The last time somebody had a record that was even close was the last samurai 20 years ago with 8.4 million. Beyonce had 11.5 million. So she beat the last time by an extra 3 million. Um, she's now officially the highest grossing tour of 2023 despite speculation that it would be Taylor Swift. And mm-hmm. she has now grossed over $570 million this year, just from Renaissance. <laughs>
3: she did how many shows? Because I only saw 55 one show. Shows. She
1: did 55 shows. She
3: performed almost two and a half hours for the one show I saw. So 55? 55, 55 and-
1: shows with 3 million attendees globally. And the entire project took four years. Now, objectively speaking, so we know not everybody loves Beyonce. You don't have to. I don't love Taylor Swift. I never will. Right. I think you're all nuts. So (laughs) I do not think you have to love Beyonce, but even if Taylor had these numbers, I'd have to objectively say that's impressive. Right. And so what I found interesting was I did a review on the Beyonce film because I was stunned that I thought I was going for a a biopic about a film, like a concert film, but I was really moved by the tributes she made to um, the village of women who are helping her raise her children to her uncle Johnny who died of AIDS um, and to her family and her mother in particular, who's her matriarch, right? And seeing her love on her tribe like that really moved me. Because, you know, families is one of those things I think moves all of us. All three of us are very, very much attached to our families. And I'm saying that because not everybody is, guys. And I beat some people who say, fuck them kids about their parents, right? So yeah. to see someone at that height of success look into the camera and say, the only reason any of this is possible is because of my, my mama. Like, there would be no Beyonce without Tina. And I think we all know that, right? And I was so moved by that, that I was stunned that a couple of days later, a a woman named um, I'm just calling Miss Bastion. I don't want to say her full name, wrote a hit piece on Beyonce, where it wasn't an intelligent critique of a billionaire, because there's a lot of critiques about being a billionaire. Being a billionaire is an unnatural economic state to be in. We can all agree to that, right? To make a billion dollars, something unnatural had to happen for one person on the planet to have that access to that kind of money. Instead of being a critique about capitalism, it ended up being a hit piece that was like talking all this shit about Beyonce. And a lot of it was factually inaccurate. Things like, oh, she's just using her, her dead gay AIDS uncle basically as like, you know, leverage for promo and to tug at our heartstrings. But she's not really for us. And she had never talked about him before that. That's not true. There's literally video of her at the Fashion Awards dedicating the award to her Uncle Johnny and talking about his struggle with AIDS in the LGBT community. So she was saying really nasty personal things that were factually inaccurate as a matter of record. And so... What broke my heart is a lot of people who I respect were so busy saying, well, we should be able to critique Beyonce. She's not Jesus. You're right. We should be able to. And conflating that with this black woman for a white publication, they probably thought, well, we're gonna have a black woman write this, so it can't be problematic. And she still ended up being on some coon shit, in my opinion. So what do you guys think about the way that we critique people? Because is there a line? I think there's a line, but is there a line in your minds around critical analysis versus being a fucking hater with a bullhorn? Like, where do you think that line is about critique versus you clearly hate this lady and just looking for a reason?
2: Some people just like to be contrarians. You know what I mean? Like everybody likes Beyonce, so I hate her. She's She's terrible. <laughs> Garbage. Ooh, tomato, 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 tomato. And it's just like, really, honestly, like if you have a problem with Beyonce, you have a problem with yourself oh
1: are
2: you part of the beehive i mean that's a beehive statement friend i feel like i'm more like like you said a beekeeper yeah sorry beehive not beehive because they they drag me for saying
1: beehive beehive (laughs) i just know how to read phonetically but beehive we're (laughs) beekeepers we're in the vicinity of the bees but if anything goes wrong we got questions
2: but it's just like i you i feel like the thing that you can't dispute is like her work ethic yeah. like that's really the the thing like she works like she's one of the hardest working people like you've ever seen and you can tell by the way that her production comes together like how hard she works like she sometimes she don't even have to work so hard because she's so above like almost just about everybody and she still does it and i'm like for herself can, for herself and her yeah. own perfection and i think that that you gotta respect that shit like even if you don't like her music even if you know it's not your genre like you don't like the dancing like she works hard i think she works hard and she bigs up her family she big up black people like anytime she's on a big stage she doing some nigga shit and i love it and she'll say I,
1: she'll say like, look by the way i'm still a nigga Just right
2: I'm a nigga. <laughs> I'm a nigga and i'm still houston like Super Bowl, black panther Coachella, HBCU homecoming. Like she's like, I'm taking this opportunity to remind y'all. This is a reminder. Like this is a reminder. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still still a nigga, and I I appreciate that because I think that sometimes, 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 Mm -hmm. like people they want to fade into the shadow because they want to be more. Um, pleasing to what more palatable to white people and i feel like she like leans in like whatever she gets a chance like i feel like she really tries to like lean into that and like show them like nah we still here we doing this stuff and this shit is <laughs> cool and y'all like it so
3: everybody keep it cute that about of you, people that was like, like i don't know the stats and stats and facts and all these things about beyonce but i've always been like I think she's a great performer. I love her music. I hope, like you said, her work ethic. You can't deny that currently she is the best entertainer living on this planet. I I absolutely think that she is like currently living. She is the best entertainer that we have right now.
1: The girls are mad. And here's the thing, right? People were like, Blue, you're a cultural critic. How dare you be upset at someone doing cultural critique? It's literally your full-time job. And I said, but I don't do irresponsible cultural critique. I don't do mean-spirited that cultural critique. I mean, even
3: irresponsible. That's just looking for views and clicks and clickbait. That's how it, I no, I think it is
1: irresponsible when you say stuff like someone is using gay people and AIDS as a marketing gimmick and don't actually authentically mean it. And you're talking about someone's dead family member. I think that's a little irresponsible because Vulture is a very big platform. I also think it's irresponsible when you say to a Black woman, you keep on saying that you have to deal with all this fucking racism. Prove it. Because you're a billionaire. So prove that you have to deal with racism. Do you know how problematic it would be for a white writer to say you have to prove that you are a black person who's dealt with racism at the top of the the food chain?
3: Beyonce's racism is in a different tax bracket than yours, Lakeisha. You know, what I'm <laughs> Not LaKeisha. It, no and to Sally, to LaKeishas
1: out there. Right. No to the LaKeishas <laughs> out there. Y'all got, y'all got from Jeffrey.
2: And Sally, it still happens. Like, like e- no. even mix and wines. <laughs> but Sally, it still happens to her, and she's at the absolute top of the food chain, and it still happens to her. Still. The
1: whole film showed her being questioned by her employees to her face as they're lying to her. She
3: literally wait, wait, said, "Don't, don't tell because I want to see. I want to see. Don't don't tell Oh, me. you don't want my review. I haven't seen, no, because I don't want any spoilers. I, w- I want to well, actually see the film. Well, it was I a good like, review, friend.
2: <laughs> well, I feel like the the one you're talking about is the one everybody said, like, yeah. I want to see the film. I feel like, you know, in this one little fact, Jeff is not going to ruin the whole film. It's not a fucking suspense thriller. <laughs> <laughs> I said, on behalf of lakisha sit down right. <laughs> no but the one part that everybody is talking about jeff
1: i promise you i'm running for you she's literally asking for some kind of 30 inch camera lens thing because she wants it to be an opulent experience and they say that doesn't exist she said no i googled it it does and then she stared at everybody and they were like oh we were just trying to like it. we didn't want to do no more work but she googled it and in that moment, you're realizing you are working on a four-year project with one of the biggest superstars in world history. And you just lied to her face about something that she could Google. i
3: that was just a I say use Google. So, oh, girl, you really are just like the rest of us. Right. She was <laughs> like, No, well, I looked it up. That exists. <laughs> that tells me in the 90s, she was asking Jeeves, just like the rest of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like, think about it, though. If she was a rich white man, I very much doubt that you would look, your, you would look, go- fuck even being big. Gordon Ramsay probably doesn't have to have people lying to his face when he asks for a big old skillet. They're going to be like, yeah. we're going to find a Gordon. You know what I mean? The right. most mediocre, rich white man could have not had that moment. But because it's Beyonce, no matter how big she is, they think they can play in her face. Yeah,
3: yeah. But I also believe, too, in that situation, like you said before, it could have not just been them playing in her face. It could have just been them being lazy and just not wanting to do any more work, too. You're so. just still playing in my face
1: I'm paying you. I'm paying you lots yeah. of money, to tell me the truth. I'm not paying you money to lie. So it's, it's one of those things of, I think it's intellectually dishonest and gross in 2023 to ask a Black woman of any stature to prove that she's dealt with racism. I think it's irresponsible and gross to question the authenticity of someone's pain around losing a family member who they grew up with to AIDS and HIV. I really think it's irresponsible to blame and say that you didn't do enough for Black Lives Matter, you didn't do enough for the movement when Beyonce has literally been on public record signing over $6 million to help with the movement and build housing in Houston for the unhoused. So I just think, Everything she said was 45 seconds of Google searching away to debunk it. And so for me to be for you to be a black woman with the name that sounds French, I hope she's not Haitian because this might be friendly fire, but it is what it is for you to be a black woman on Vulture, which is a major platform and to be that irresponsible and factually inaccurate during a moment where you could have had an intelligent critique of Beyonce because capitalism is something that we can critique at all places. Right. No matter how much we love Beyonce, it's very easy to make an argument to critique capitalism in any facet. Instead of having a smart conversation, you clearly don't like this lady and you use your platform to talk out your ass. That's my issue. It's not about Beyonce. It's about you're being irresponsible and the world thinks, listen to black women. We always say that, right? Listen to black women. I know there are folks who listen to me because they know that I'm a black woman who can't be bought off. What if somebody mistook you for one of those and now is walking around with all this fucked up information that's incorrect? I think it's gross. I think journalism was supposed to be this bastion, this height of whatever, but now bloggers are sometimes having more integrity than the actual journalists, and sometimes I can't tell the difference.
3: And the thing is, people confuse actual journalism with blog, some you know forms of blogging. Like all forms of blogging is not journalism.
1: Yeah, I, I just I. Ms. Bastian, I, I, I think it's a
3: journalist, Oh,
1: child, you know what? I actually don't call myself a journalist. I always talk about journalistic integrity, but I don't call myself a journalist. Because I had someone whose writing is subpar, um, who cannot um, go viral in her own house and who um, <laughs> nobody has no views on anything that she's ever created. Damn, I'm, blue. Viral, what? Oh, I just, I just want to read off her resume, right? Oof. So I just want to have somebody <laughs> of that stature say to me, oh, well, you know, you're not a journalist because you, you, you were a communications major. You weren't a journalism major.
3: I said, the I'm babe, sorry, I'm, I'm still not- stuck on that. I'm going to have to use that. You can't go viral in your own house. <laughs> you can't go no You just put somebody in a grave. Damn, Blue. And she,
1: and she said to me, well, Blue, you didn't go to journalism school. You were a communications major. I said, babe, the, the stats say I didn't need journalism school. And you went. Nobody's reading your <laughs> shit. So I intentionally don't call myself a journalist. I say I'm a cultural critic because I am. And I say that I have journalistic integrity because I do, right? So all the girls who are mad that I did communications and not J school,
2: we in the same parties babe no but people are very serious about that kind of stuff like just like even like chefs who like if you didn't go to culinary school they'd be like they do not like you to call them yourself a chef like, and I, I
1: respect it as you're working in kfc and i'm working at a you know
2: right if you're working at a michelin star restaurant it's, like- it's
1: kind of awkward when you're playing that game and one of us is winning and one of us is not <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah <I'm laughs> say, i just i just cater for hbo max and i ain't stepped foot in the culinary school program <laughs>
1: Talk about, I, I mean, I'm sorry. Here, here's the thing. There are people in this world who have a natural acumen, right? Like perfect example, in school, I could have skipped a couple of grades, but socially I was scared because I could barely keep it with the people my age. <laughs> and there's a lot of schooling that I could have done and gotten PhD. People are like, why did you get a PhD? Why did you do X, Y, and Z? I was like, because I'm going to school to prove to you that I'm smart. I already know I'm smart. Mm-hmm. And every job I got with the people who did get those letters behind their names, we were neck and neck. And I'm being nice by saying neck and neck. So I think at a certain point, it's intellectually dishonest to act as if a certain level of schooling or a certain level of letters behind your name doesn't uh, in some way invalidate somebody who has 10, 20 years of doing well at that same thing without those same letters. So for the journalists out there, right? For the journalists out there who are above me, Um, I need you to know that your journalistic integrity is still lacking. And I I think it's kind of gross. And I would love someone to actually write a think piece that's intelligent and vetted and well-researched about the capitalistic mistakes Beyonce has made and how she could do better. Because there is going to be another Beyonce. Like, she's not going to live forever. I know, don't cry, y'all. She's not going to live forever. (laughs) And I would love for someone to learn from her missteps because she's human. Of course she has missteps. And I feel like that young lady robbed us of that opportunity. And now the conversation has now become chaotic um i want to read a quote to you for to you guys because the last part that i read to you from the stats was that the project took four years and that was intriguing to me because four years ago was what year 2019 oh child we hadn't met covid yet oh, baby mm-hmm. Oh, honey, we were sweet. Well, recently, Jim Carrey um, wrote a quote that said that when it comes to your dreams, you have to be willing to risk at least one year of comfort for a lifetime of happiness. So my first question is, have you ever had a year like that? A year where you had to eat shit to set yourself up for the next alley You, Jeffrey's like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> year after year. Mm-hmm. Year after
3: year after year after year. Damn,
1: no. friend, explain. I'm back. <laughs> uh,
3: no, I mean, I absolutely. I mean, even when... 2022 was it yeah uh coming back to la like
1: oh yeah you came that ahead. was
3: a a big risk now granted i can say i don't know what it is universe guy whatever you know whoever praying grandma's mama's watching out for me i do a lot of times tend to land in all very- the time all the time. Okay. It, it, Let's tell the truth. I, He's very lucky. My, my version of a hard life is... Is <laughs> most peaceful soft lives. It's it. lo- it's like, like you know, the facts of, you know, moving, being, in, being in the penthouse and all of that part. Jeffrey was I, like,
2: like, I like, hate that I have to pay rent.
3: I was like, Jeffrey, wait, oh, what? We all hate that we have to like, pay rent.
1: That's your problem? You're mad at paying I mean, rent?
3: Like, y'all been doing this? But no, like, just honestly, just taking that, like, believing in me, even with the culinary thing, you know, uh, wanting to be a chef and really step into this and telling myself, I literally told myself in January 2022 that I will no longer take a job if it did not involve me cooking. And from January 22 to, what is this, December 2023, I have not worked any job that did not involve my culinary skill oh wow uh, that's
1: amazing yeah. congratulations. congratulations and
3: this thing that i hate rent bill <laughs> is so stupid adulting the lights, adulting the lights is on everything is on because i literally i told myself i will i believe in me i'm gonna trust me and i'm going to do this and here i am you know still doing it can't wait for 2024
2: oh that's beautiful it's,
3: it's scary because <laughs> you know what it's the thing like one month i might make $10,000 upwards, but then you know, I might not work for the next three or four months. Welcome you know, to LA. Welcome to the industry. Niggas think food is microwaved and don't realize it costs a lot of money.
1: <laughs> that's true. And also, yeah, too, because food is so personal. Food. Yeah, good food. How about you, Lulu? Have you had a, a time where you felt like, damn, uh, I'm about to go into the, the valley of the shadow of death and hope I come out on the other side?
2: Um, I Like, not completely. And I, sometimes I think that that's probably why I haven't, like, gone and further in a a more creative direction because i like haven't done that so the short answer is no that's honest (laughs) that's really
1: honest because i will say that there's a bravery it takes to be a full time creative yeah i did not fully understand until march i was in a really hostile work environment everybody was quitting for their psychological safety people were literally saying i'm quitting because i'm going crazy And I was like, but I'm getting so much money. I have to stay. And then and then I was like, no, because the money I'm going to have to spend on therapy, I'm going to barely break even. And so March became the first time in my adult life where I did not have a retainer check coming every two weeks. And I honestly, guys, I have a whole new respect for the folks who've been living on net 30 and the folks who've been living on contract work and the folks who have to kill what they eat in order to survive. Because no matter how many gigs I had, I always had my columnist job as a baseline of a couple thousand dollars every two weeks. Right. When you're getting a couple, a couple thousand dollars every two weeks, no matter how many leaps and bravery moments you have, you know that there's a, there's a cushion. March yeah. was my first year, my first time without a cushion as an adult. And I was like, ooh, this hurt. My booty, it's
3: there's not enough
1: fat on my booty for this without a cushion.
3: It's very interesting when you don't have, I mean, I'm definitely, you know, prior to I was working corporate and marketing jobs. Even then, I was kind of live fast, die young. <laughs> with yes, check. Jeffrey, we know. <laughs> <With laughs> you <with laughs> know, I'll be up. this that we're going to wear. <laughs> we Flight risk. Wear. Okay. That out-of-office mm-hmm. mess is going to be up. But it is, I, I can't absolutely say, it's very scary. Like, it is the scariest thing in the world to not have a cushion, safety net, a, you know, two-week check, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But I I honestly, and I can only speak for myself, but also friends of mine that have done it as well, if you really do believe in yourself and you walk into in your purpose, like I now know, because I mean, I've tried other things over the years. I've had a lot of different iterations of careers in my life, but I truly know that food is me walking in my purpose that I was really put here for. Yeah. And again, every month ain't as stable as the previous month, but- it's just like this feeling of, you know what, it's going to work out. And so far, I'm a living testimony it works out.
1: Lulu, I have a question for you. As someone who's saying that they haven't taken the creative leap yet, let's do some um, manifesting and prophesizing. So let's say, um, let's claim that Humanized continues to do well. Um, I get my next big gig. I can finance this in a way where I'm saying, hey, Lulu, I need you to to perhaps leave your your job and working with the kids to do two two to three episodes a week with us. Look at her eyes twitching. How do you have in your mind the amount of money it would have to be for you to take that leap, even if it wasn't completely safe for you to say, I'm going to go full time into my creative pursuits, full time into podcasting, full time into working on my scripts and making this 100 percent of my life? Yeah. Do you have a number in your head that would make that comfortable for you, even if it was still a risk? Because the number is usually less than a safe number, but it's enough. for you to be like, I can I can finesse this
3: to to,
1: to put more energy.
2: I could. Yeah, I, There's I could I could come up with a number i know
1: you Definitely. could
3: but. <laughs> but also that that number ain't gonna happen day one at the beginning of a career at all like my all right. even my own personal chef rates have gone up 2024 the rates will be gone up again <laughs> so, <laughs> yesterday's price
1: is not today's price chicken is expensive right. but when i
3: first when i first came back like i was that person like what's your budget okay i can make it work for 300 dollars for 30 people and you oh, know my yeah, but Jesus? I was literally that chef and then I also realized I was getting to that point where I'm like you know people are I think people are booking me because I'm the cheap chef I have good food uh, but I'm the cheap chef and I finally got to a place and this goes back to our friend James Bland um his really sex, set yeah, me down one day and told me like I need to figure out my rate I need to figure out what I'm charging guess what you sometimes will have to be comfortable with turning down a check because yeah. again, yeah. in this in this entrepreneurial life, no check is guaranteed. So I'm always like, well, somebody's offering me something. I need to take it. It's like, no, sometimes you have to. And I can't remember two specific jobs where after that conversation, I said no to because it was just it was unreasonable what they were trying to pay and what was, they were asking uh, for. You're doing
2: all this work and they want to give you sixty eight cents. Yeah, right. so
3: disrespected. And, yeah. And then it was like literally I turned around and I booked a huge job for Facebook that was. Probably three, four times more than those two checks combined. And I was like, you just got you just gotta believe in yourself and just keep on know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I, I
1: I I think that if five years ago, five years ago me knew that I was gonna say no to six figure jobs, because there's some six figures you guys, six figures is a very wide range. Okay. A hundred thousand is six figures and so is nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand. It's a yeah. very wide range. I've been offered some jobs that were so insulting at the price point for the level of servitude that they were asking of me. I was like, wow, I'm about to say no to a six-figure job because it literally is respectful. And that's when you know your value. When you're willing to risk giving up guaranteed money to give away your dignity because you recognize you're going to hate yourself on the other side of that check. That's when you're like, oh, man, that self-esteem kind of showed up out of nowhere, right? (laughs) Like, Because self-esteem is expensive, guys. Self-esteem is expensive. If you have no self-esteem, you will always be employed
3: yeah and one
1: thing be honest go ahead
3: also in being an entrepreneur i learned i stopped asking my friends for discounts and for you know mm-hmm. free stuff and hookups because i'm like now listen i may not come i might just be like okay I, I'm oh not coming. but <laughs> i also understand you know what your landlord just like my landlord ain't negotiating on the rent each month they yeah. say, this is how much you have to pay. And I'm this is how much I'm asking you to pay me. So now I've stopped asking for like hookups. I might be like, friend, I can't make it. I can't come. That's out of my budget or it's not in my price range. But yeah, your price is your problem. I'm not gonna arguing with nobody about their price.
1: Yeah, it, it it gets tricky too when you're naturally, when you're doing something you love because you love to cook.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I love doing readings. I love talking. And I'm like, no, but it's just how you pay your rent. Mm-hmm. I think the Super Bowl was my day. I, told, I think I mentioned this before. On Super Bowl, I gave away $2,000 in readings. Because I had too much tequila. And I was like, girl, that you're giving away rent money. Shut the fuck up. Tell, Send them your, your booking link.
3: So you so have to... Know- I think that that's... That go, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But I think sometimes when you do that, it, it comes back to you in other ways, though. Like me, you know, I'm always cooking and telling y'all, hey, y'all, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. matter of fact, I got... Um, Whole thing of red beans and rice over here, if y'all would like some. Uh, yeah, but, Why did you go before him? <laughs> why are you telling something on the show at <laughs> hey. freaking seven fifteen at night? What's wrong with you? I just deliver. I just something to two neighbors that I haven't. Can you deliver something now. to so me? I'll send. I'll
1: send you that a uh, whipped cream that
3: I bought you. Oh yes, that's right. That's right.
1: I can't figure out how to use it. Maybe I'm shaking Man. it wrong. Whipped cream not shaking it wrong.
3: It's, it's oh no, a... keep it. We're gonna use that for the thirst traps.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I am not putting vodka whipped cream on my titties. What is wrong with you? I like where your head oh, at, oh, that's I'll what you, that you thought, you thought
3: I had in mind.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? This is why I'm dressed like a stud until the end of the year, because these two are on some Jezebel shit. <laughs> um, as far as the conversation around the four year investment, um, it's about to be twenty twenty four. So my question to you guys, and I want you to take a moment to think about it, imagine it is now. 2028 what do you want to accomplish between now and 2028 Who
3: 2028 i will be past 40 at that point
1: oh you just said all the information okay <laughs>
3: i mean i'm listening i am not you're a man age, so. you can say whatever you want uh-huh Hmm. Uh, i'll be past 40 at that point i don't know because actually i cannot say i have thought of anything past up to turning 40 i should say
1: which is what year for you? Uh
3: 2026.
1: Okay, so you can you, you haven't thought past the next 2 years. Yeah, I haven't. What does the next 2 years it. look like for you?
3: Um a lot of cooking, a lot of fun, a lot of travel, but at 40 I had decided and then, not what the actual definition of it is what my definition is, but at 40 is retirement for me. Oh, I ain't working hard past 40. I'm not oh. slaving, carrying, equipment. Jeffrey just stuff.
1: said he started uh paying rent and stuff a couple minutes ago. He's like, look, you got two years of rent and he I mean... Said I, I
3: had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Absolutely. clocking out. And it's, but see, it's not even something wow. I'm just like, i am saying. I think I probably have been saying this since I was like 15, 16 or something. And I was like, oh, 40, I'm not working no more. Like, I we were not put on this planet to work until we, we die are. oh my
1: heavens 40 is not nowhere near death friend <laughs> I know,
3: no, no, no. <laughs> but 40 is a good age to start re- relaxation i you're, you're already
1: relaxing more relaxed than this
3: it don't be feeling like it this ain't my definition of like this is a lot of work that goes on so Jeffrey y'all see wants his relaxing... soft life
1: to be softer <laughs> right yes. much. it's this ought to be mashed potato life
3: <laughs> sweet potatoes they're healthier. sweet potatoes okay so
1: you want your life to be even softer and for you to be in low-key retirement
3: i'm going to be at what what my i will still be working obviously like making an income and things like that i just it will not look like what it does in these 30s and what it did in them 20s
1: oh mm-hmm. the 20s were bullshit oh yeah, 40, I,
3: I'm, I'm not Ugh. stressing i'm not no stress kills and the older we got wow, 40 is not the uh, graveyard as we get older, stressor stressors affect our body differently. Yes, I they do. I will not be stressing over Jeffrey, work. I
1: don't think you stress much now, but <laughs> I, I I respect that you want to stress even. Nigga, you are preserved. You are pickled and un, and soft life, but very sure. much. Very <laughs> much soft. Lulu's like yeah, okay. He wants to be even softer, girl. He wants to be baby hairs. How about Families have a
0: lot going on.
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member
1: You, What is your your goal for the next four years? Like a milestone for you to be like, yes, I have to work up to this.
2: Um, You know, to get into like really specifics, I'll probably have to sit down and think about it. But for a huge chunk of my life, like I had like, you know, very rigid goals of things I wanted to do. And my life has changed so much, like based on what yeah. I thought I wanted and even just living life and realizing that's not exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. my my goal is always just to really, to be happy and to be healthy. And like, cause that, those things are like the most important things. Cause sometimes I'm, I'm changing, I'm shifting, I'm shifting my ideas. I'm shifting career paths. I'm shifting like what i
3: <laughs> Switching these oh, niggas. You know uh, Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're going to have Laurent
3: just skip this episode. What <laughs> <No. you talking> <laughs> <about>? <laughs> that was not, that was not Lutasha specific. That was not, uh, <laughs> the whole in, relationship. Switching these niggas. Intrusive <laughs> ju- ju- thought. I'm sorry. Intrusive
1: thought. Intrusive thought. i once again, friend. They won. I was thinking <laughs> for me and Blue. It was for me and Blue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Switching oh shiny Bay's not gonna return my call after this episode that's fine uh wow
2: pass out right now but is there you know.
1: a certain relationship milestone that you want to have um in four Ooh. years Ooh. <laughs> jeffrey don't be Ooh, me yes you girl <laughs> like, you're the only
3: one in one girl <laughs> right.
2: me and jeffrey's still in the streets <laughs> we looking for shelter <laughs> um I I really I want us to just continue to be happy like being happy is so high oh you you the dick
1: in your relationship you are such a man (laughs) I I I just I just I just want everybody to be happy wow (laughs) but that's an
2: underrated thing because people be talking about marriage and be talking about kids and they be miserable with both of those okay but
1: can we do something with happiness implied do you
3: have a milestone with happiness implied
2: (laughs) Um, I think probably live together
3: wow that that's the big one (laughs) The funny part is, though, Blue, knowing Lutasha, like, her saying that, I'm like, it's very, like, I get it. It's very Lutasha. Like, Lutasha, to me, is, like, one of the, ha- and again, we all have our own personal things, you know, in our moments and stuff, but Lutasha is very much, like, probably in my top two, maybe three of happiest people on this planet that I know. She is always, like, you never go around Lutasha and will be down. If you are down when you come around her, she's the perfect person to get you out of it. Like, that. Yeah, is she's also she human,
1: so she has a full range of emotions. Body. Sure. a range of human emotions no but
2: uh, i i've spent some time in my life where i was really unhappy for a while and really? like once i transitioned out of that space i'm just like i've been very intentional about not going back so yeah. that's why like i'm open to changing out shit like trying th- throwing something in the trash and trying something new i'm not afraid to start all over i'm mm-hmm. not afraid to do something new i'm not afraid to get rid of somebody because i'm like my own personal happiness is so high on my priority list just like jeff said stress gonna kill you and laughing is gonna keep me alive so i really my, that is big for me so whatever that looks like i'm on like because i feel like what i was on four years ago is not the shit i'm on now so oh
1: child talk about it I'm like,
3: <laughs> i, remember, I do y'all ever sometimes like just be sitting and think about yourself when you were a teen a 20 a early 30 yeah. like yeah. just some of that dumb shit you thought and did Yes,
1: I think about the people that I was talking to in 2019 in any capacity. Like I'm not picking up the phone for most of those niggas. Like, are you serious? It's like, most of I, them could not get me on the phone.
3: I almost get a, a daily, weekly, at least reminder because you know I keep I keep a young young crew around sometimes, but I just be listening to them talk. <laughs> be listening to them talking i'd be like you
1: dumbass you're not gonna mean mean
3: i I did think that too when i was your age (laughs) once again
1: we want to point out to the younger viewers we too were idiots and so i I need you to know it's not judgment just acknowledgement
3: my favorite thing is when a 25 or under says because i know who i am
1: (laughs) oh honey oh honey come on
3: no you don't no you don't that is my favorite thing. I know who I am. I know my body. Remember,
1: remember <laughs> Olivia from the college show? I know my body, child. You were I, uh. I, You know what's so interesting is that, one, I think it's a thing that we have in common. We we all manifested differently. Because I, I honestly think that I have not been unhappy this entire year. I was talking to a friend and how I was saying, um, I haven't been depressed the entire year. And I think because I'm so transparent about all the shit that I've been through, people are like, oh, she's secretly crying. I have not had a depressed moment in all of 2023, despite all the bricks being thrown in my head. And when we talk, the three of us, we're always laughing about the absurdity of the shit that happens in our lives, good or bad. Yeah. Some of it is painful and we're so laughing. Jeffrey, we were talking about heartbreak on Thanksgiving and kikiing, mm-hmm. like on on the couch, like cackling at like the crippling, soul-crushing heartaches that we've had to endure. And like, we're like, oh man, mm-hmm. they're going to suck us
3: out, friend." Yeah. Yeah. when you're going through it but when you're on the other side it's like oh I was an idiot it, it is a lifestyle
1: <laughs> though where you're like life's gonna life but I refuse to give it my joy that has to be an intentional choice because life is gonna is. always show it's fucking ass it's gonna always show it's ass the only thing that changes is you mm-hmm. um I'm I very say
3: I do acknowledge... oh, I'm sorry. Go, no go for it I do acknowledge my moments of like I don't know if i want to call them depression or sadness because I used to just ignore them like uh, just toxically positive, and and that would kill you
1: too actually that would kill you too
3: but now I do say you know what this is how I feel right now. Let me mm-hmm. let me sit in this, let me understand it, let me know what it feels like basically, but I don't stay in it.
1: Yeah. i be feeling bad for people who lose me. Y'all be a lot of y'all like, "Ah, man, you fumble cuz I'm a good person." Sucks for you. sucks to suck. Huh? Like I I I've sucks never missed anybody that fumbled this
3: weekend with somebody. Really? really? It, sucks it sucks to suck? Very very sad, but I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I don't
1: know. Yeah, I think I think being joyous um past 30 in this day and age is miraculous.
2: In this economy, in this economy, in this day and age,
1: look, being Joy, and I think the reason why so many people say that I present young, I think we all get this, is because when you're joyous, they automatically assume you ain't been through shit. Not been through shit, it's just funny. Um, (laughs) It is funny. It's funny. I have good
3: friends friends that don't let me stay in it, and they have also been through shit, so they help me get through it.
1: That's the line that they have about spirituality versus religion. Religion is for those who are scared of going to hell, and spirituality is for us who've already been there. Like, job, where the crystals <laughs> at? This shit about to suck. Well, they question
3: didn't about tell us this when we was kids. That thank, was God was like... thank God they didn't.
1: Thank God. We wouldn't I don't
3: think I would have. No, could have I wouldn't have RSVP'd. I'd be like, you see We, we wouldn't have believed him. That's the thing. We would not have believed him. We was kids. We'd be like, no, I want to be grown. I can't wait to be grown. We would not have believed, oh, this is the shit y'all do as adults.
1: <laughs> yeah, and everything that was a punishment as a child is now reward. What do you mean I got to right. go home and go to sleep? Oh, I love that for me. Right. I got to <laughs> stay in my room? Is that-
3: right oh my god please take me back let me be eight years old again all right
1: quick question there are people who are already creating t-shirts and memes that say my work ethic is going to be beyonce in 2024 she's now becoming a poster child for work i mean i feel like she's been a poster child for work ethic to be honest so my question to you guys is on a scale of one to ten being honest what would you rate your work ethic right now jeffrey
3: (laughs) my work ethic ain't ever gonna be beyonce i don't want to work that hard jeffrey give us a
1: number we know that you want to be so soft that you disappear Um... into the air
3: (laughs) You know, it's... Uh,
1: a number, honey. A number my, first before um, explanation. A number. Mm-hmm.
3: My work ethic in my number. cooking is a... No, 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 no. Nobody said in your cooking. I said your
1: work oh. ethic.
2: <laughs> Look at his
3: face. If it like, I, I,
2: it's, I feel like it's different for different things. Like, you know yeah. I mean? Do an amalgamation. If it's
3: not, so, if it's not something amalg- I want to amalg- do, then I'm, it's a two. T- t- I don't want to work. No,
1: if find the average. my
3: cooking, I'm like 12.
1: So two oh, plus 12 nav- is 14. So the average is seven. I'm going to, to do math with y'all. So a seven.
3: Uh, word. Okay. <laughs> Why is that even a word?
1: That's a seven answer. I think seven is accurate. <laughs> how about, how about you, Lulu? On a scale of one to 10 overall, what is your work ethic?
2: I'd probably say like an eight.
1: Yeah, I think mine is about a night. Jeffrey went that this far. This is a so... job
3: interview because I need to tell you my work ethic is a hundred. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're showing you can't count for the job interview.
3: One to ten, hundred
1: and twelve.
3: That's how I got all those marketing jobs with those great salaries. Lying, my work ethic
1: lying. Was have you ever accidentally lied into a job that you didn't really think you were going to get?
3: Every job I've ever had outside of what I'm currently <laughs> doing. I have never been qualified for anything. My life is, I've always been for
4: anything. <laughs> I ain't qualified for nothing,
3: girl. Let me tell you. I it's went to like, if it's not would, a
1: stove, I'm lying, okay? Without a stove, I'm lie. I went
3: to school to get a degree in something I knew I didn't have to super hard pro- focus on because I wanted to experience this thing called life. This thing called Jesus work Christ. is for the birds. <laughs>
1: Uh well, Beyonce said you are the visuals. Jeffrey, the visual you're giving is a a really nice scammer. (laughs)
3: That's why. That's why we have our Beyonces, and that's mm -hmm. why we have our (laughs) Jeffreys. Okay.
1: So next, well, this is a seven. Seven's not that bad. So seven, eight, and eight, right? So how would you say Uh that you are I said an
3: eight. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you. Yeah,
1: because for something that I like, it's usually like a ten or a twelve. Like I go into tunnel vision for something I don't like. It's usually like a five or a six. Which means Maybe I'm still, I, it's going to pass, but it's, it's not going to be my best. So do you think your work ethic, like if you have a, a, like a goal that you're really working towards, do you think that's going to in any way impact your relationships? Because I feel like there's a lot of men now that I've been spending time with. I'm not going to mention anything about my dating life because y'all almost caught me earlier. Um, And I was talking about how, you know, they keep on saying we had a conversation last week about how, oh, I need to get to a certain level of, of money before I think I can afford to date. And so I was like, oh, their work ethic is literally affecting their ability to get to know me. Jeffrey, do you think because of your work ethic with, with, with cooking and with, where you want to be with your culinary dreams, do you think that's impacting how you date or how you handle your relationships? Or are you still living a soft life regardless?
3: I'm living a soft life regardless, but you already know it depends if you... If you broke and ain't trying to make this soft life softer, I mean, I got to work harder.
4: <laughs> that's what bath- you got.
3: <laughs> <in>. <laughs> wait a minute. I love cooking, but I would much rather cook for free for y'all and have my friends over than be doing all of this.
1: Wait, you don't want to have like a restaurant and you're working seven oh, days no, a I've week? Oh, no, I've
3: never. Not, even outside, no, I've never dreamed because I've worked in a restaurant. Um, yeah. That's not um, terrible. All through, through college. I have never in my life wanted to own a restaurant. The closest thing for me is my DoorDash store. That mm-hmm. is all I want. I not mean, want a brick and mortar. I, mm-mm, so it's
1: know. too much work. What happens if you fall in love yeah. with somebody else who likes the soft life? Then not want. He wouldn't. Damn. <laughs>
3: I mean, how big, wow. is, how, big is their, how big is their soft life cushion?
1: <laughs> well, the cushion requires work, don't it? Or, or, or maybe uh, uh, you got a trust fund. A trust fund, baby. <laughs> so you want you want time. a trust fund. Wow, Jeffrey said, "If you he wants the soft life, but you can't come, like you have to be able to provide for the soft life."
3: Listen, I ain't got nothing. as long as the lights stay on. I ain't got nothing to say. I ain't asking how you do it because I don't need to be called in for questioning. But... <laughs> that part
1: that's actually very valid, Lulu. How yeah. about you? Because I actually, I'm I know what Jeffrey's dreams are. And I know you want to be happy, but is there like a a secret dream or visual you have for yourself? Because I feel like when you have friends who You're rooting for it. It's nice to know what you're rooting for. Like, what is your dream scenario as far as where life could take you?
2: I would like to also have a soft life, like work when I when I want to, because I Mm -hmm. I don't want to be completely, you know, stagnant or like not doing anything at all. But I definitely want to do something that I want to do and is fulfilling for me and makes me happy. And if I want to go on a a travel for like a month or two, I want to be able to do stuff like that
1: travel for a month or two you guys is that still soft life or are we just talking about being rich
3: i used to Dang. do like literally up till last year every august i would buy la and come back at the end of the month
1: i would too but month. that's because i wasn't paying rent because i was airbnb my property <laughs> oh. okay so you so we all just want to be gone for months I i'm going to play i'm going to play a video for us because we're talking about soft life we're talking about legacy we're talking about dreams there's a video um that i saw that was very interesting to me and it was around the conversation of the legacy of uh sean p diddy combs Uh um and it was about look at jeffrey's face it was about why we're talking about legacies and whose legacy has been up for debate more in the last couple of weeks than Sean p diddy combs by the way for those of you who are watching my stories i was talking about how i did not post my wrapped or my year review because um the devil was busy in my top five my number one artist for the year was Diddy. And it's not because I was listening to Diddy's because I was listening to Tiana Taylor and she's on Diddy's album, but he gets the credit. So imagine how I felt <laughs> when a big old red devil looking picture of Diddy popped up as your number one artist is Sean Diddy. I was like, this is not, uh-uh. no, <laughs> Satan is busy, right? So technically my top played artist of the year is Tiana Taylor, but because Diddy calls everything Diddy. Mm -hmm. uh apple is telling people that in 2023 he was my top artist and i feel a way about that That i think (laughs) i think it's wrong to do that i did not listen i did not hear his voice anything i was listening to him but anyways um there's a lawyer who is uh making the rounds right now because she's explaining why she thinks And you guys know i I mentioned this i think i might mention it before off the record i'm not sure on the record several sources directly connected to the case choosing my words um carefully Journalistic integrity. Several different sources directly um connected to the case have told me that Cassie got a hundred a uh, hundred million. Um, it's been confirmed enough times now by enough different people where I'm like, it was definitely a hundred million, right? Allegedly. Don't I don't want to get in trouble. And so when we were trying to figure out, damn, how did he pay that hundred million so fast? Like it was within hours. There's a lawyer who's gone viral. Jeffrey's like, he got a hundred million. Just yes, we know, Jeffrey. Like. No, but but the ego is a powerful drug. And Diddy has been allegedly stealing pennies for years. You know what I mean? So why? how do you go from stealing pennies to now suddenly giving that much all at once? And as a lawyer who's gone viral for explaining it, I'm going to do a screen share so that we can explain it. Um, but because of how I live my life, I need to make sure that there's nothing else that is open.
3: Uh, why are you doing that? I was going to say, Lou, did you post a, um, a year in your Spotify or Apple Music? You no do? I, you do? I didn't mm-hmm. i Did saw you? mine but i didn't want to post it oh, you, were emba- like,
1: you, were, you were embarrassed because you were doing you some were, thot- some my, hot girl no, shit no
3: actually it was funny because i had to, it was so my top <laughs> it was the most random thing it was definitely uh drake beyonce and then it was just one curveball in there where i was like i can't post this Ooh. <laughs> and i'm gonna tell y'all
1: i, I had diddy so you, you can't get worse than diddy <laughs>
3: Countess Luanne de Lesseps. Okay, no, I'm, I'm embarrassed for you.
1: No, no, that's embarrassing. Please, I'm, I'm going to cut that out, the editor. I was so ashamed
3: when I... No, 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 I, no, See, Latasha don't know who it is, who the Countess is.
1: <laughs> Good. Uh, You should be but ashamed.
3: It was It was because I was doing a rewatch earlier this year,
1: and... And you had her horrible music. Countess is a horse uh, voiced, and someone say No, it's the Countess. Countess is a Reality star. She's, she's a tourist. That's fine. So <laughs> sometimes God has textiles. Uh, Countess has a very questionable voice and she speak, whispers. Not uh, cabaret.
3: questionable. It, it's bad. Yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> well, she's,
1: she's in your top five. You're talking crazy for somebody who got her in your top, but she has a questionable voice and she does cabaret. Um, it's very, imagine just bad spoken word by a, a white woman. Mm-hmm. And, um, apparently Jeffrey likes the sound of her voice. I'm going to play this audio right now. Hold on. I'm going to do a, a quick screen share. We've never done this, um, on the show. Um, look at us! Look, look at us evolving. All right, I'm gonna do the volume.
3: Close your Pornhub tab, Lou.
1: Oh, I already did, honey. <laughs> I already did, child. Let me see. Let me put in.
0: They didn't sue Just Diddy. They sued his corporations. They sure did. And they sued his corporations and sued as her, in her capacity as an employee. When you do that, it triggers commercial liability insurance. Yeah. And. It triggers another policy called directors and officers, okay? And we know he's a director Correct. of companies as a CEO. So now you got two policies. Mm-hmm. What happens then is it takes away Puppy's ability to settle. It's not his choice no more. So
3: it's no longer personal accountability. It's yep. his organization.
0: It's his organization. And it's no different than, like, if you hit somebody with your car.
1: Listen to this part.
0: It, let's say you have State Farm. State mm. Farm gets to decide to settle, not you. You could say, I didn't run the stop sign. That's not true. They're lying. If State Farm says, we don't care, we did our investigation, we're settling. That's it. That's what happened here. So because they, add, they added those claims, the corporate insurance carrier got to say, read over and say, oh, hell no. We're giving her the money. We're hearing you.
1: So do you guys hear that? She's saying, and she's, she's a lawyer, and I'm gonna explain who she is in a second. She's saying that this was like an insurance claim where because they went after the, the corporations and not just Diddy as a sole person, that's why he didn't actually have a complete say in settling it was a choice that was taken out of his hands which was a great alleged uh alley-oop from her lawyers what do you guys think about that the thought that diddy literally did not have a choice and she b- basically painted him in a legal corner where she knew that somebody else was going to do the right thing even if he wouldn't because that's brilliant if it's true
2: yeah you know saying smart she. and the the insurance companies probably have like more money to to throw around anyway it's like i'm exactly. obviously diddy has tons of money but just like literally liquid a hundred million dollars to be like here you go girl without yeah. going through litigation for years and decades and all this other shit like I'm
3: of so course curious what his, obviously he, what's his deductible Why <laughs> right? can you
2: imagine <laughs> and, then,
1: they, and pay, t-
3: they pay a hundred million dedicated five hundred dollars right <laughs> like
1: like think about it though substantiating her claim is the fact that after this happened and the claim was settled then he started stepping down which sounds like they were like, okay, we're going to give her the money and you have to start stepping down because this is a bad look for us legally. Um, Shout out to Cassie's team. I've heard lots of things behind the scenes about the maneuvering. Um, Apparently she had her whole tribe around her and it's amazing how they all got around her. But what's very interesting, there was a young lady who was talking. Do you guys recognize her at all? The lawyer who was just talking? Mm -hmm. Her name is Dr. Simone Redwine. She's an attorney, but she's also a former cast member of the own TV reality dating show ready to love. And she was engaged to a man who secretly had money problems and then had to publicly break up her engagement when she realized that he was secretly spending money rather than saving up for their wedding. So I found it very interesting that someone who had been publicly embarrassed for what one could call a lack of discernment in her personal life is so brilliant at her job. And I was like, damn, Simone, what was all this brilliance when you were dating that man who couldn't? She had
2: to
3: learn. She learned from then.
2: But I mean, I think that sometimes you don't always know. And like, if you trust somebody, you're not necessarily prying to the public life. And I remember, I think we watched like a little bit of her interview We did. and he was was just giving up this bravado and she just wasn't digging. And like, that's unfortunate. I got to be inch high private eye every time I date somebody, because maybe even though you are driving this nice car, you live in this nice place, your ass is broke. Even just trying to keep up this persona for me. My I, thing is that
1: she admitted that she, she he admitted that he was broke before they got engaged though. So my thing is mm-hmm. when you found out that he had been lying to you to get you to get engaged to him, was that not a red flag to especially as somebody who's who's brilliant <laughs> legally. You're a lawyer like she probably real, was like
2: i can i can help i can fix this i'm smart i make so, money like we could do it together i love you yes yeah, so exactly so,
3: to, to that point literally honestly i always say the heart and the mind when you are in love the heart and the mind don't listen to each other mm-hmm. and yeah he probably told like you said he told her i don't have that the financial you know amounts that you do but her being in love she's like okay we are gonna figure this out boo
1: so that was, and the, the reason why i'm bringing this up is not because i'm judging i've actually been her like, there have been times people were like, Blue, you are too smart. How the hell did you end up in this? I was like, but I thought I was going to love him and I was going to help him fix himself. And then he lied again. Uh She said in the the pod that she was in that the moment she knew that she had to break off the engagement was when they had agreed that he was going to save, I think, a $1,000 a month up until their wedding. And instead, he showed up with a sports car.
2: She was like, man, that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you imagine that you are a successful rich lawyer who just got embarrassed on national television by your quote unquote deadbeat fiance and he promises you he's going to put money away for the wedding and instead sells up with a sports car? How would you react knowing that publicly you've gone on the record saying, No, I believe my man, my man, my man, I support him? Not
3: first favorably. All, we ain't have no um uh, <laughs> that's gonna cost the amount of a sports car.
1: I mean that's that's the,
3: saving that money we going to the courthouse or so we doing. I'm the show? same
1: way. I'm, I want I'm, a simple simple Justice of the Peace courthouse situation, a nice fun reception, and then I'm going on vacation for a month
3: with my with my party. My reception is gonna be the vacation. Y'all can come join us on vacation. I'm, no we're gonna be I fucking ain't throwing I, this party for it everybody, I ain't throwing this party for everybody else. Those are what weddings are. Those are flashy parties that you throw for everybody else to flaunt your love. And hate to say it when that don't work out and then we got the divorce coming. But I'm not spending that much money on a wedding. Like, no, we're not doing that. How about you,
1: Lulu? Would you spend money? Me and Jeffrey are the two trying to save the money for the vacation and the marriage?
2: I, w- I would like to have a wedding mostly because Your I- family? I want like getting my family together, especially like my cousins and like, you know, the, the people who I don't get to see a lot. And a lot of times those are the instances when everybody really gets together. Like everybody doesn't really get together like that. As much anymore. So I would just like that opportunity to get a lot of my friends and family together. Because unfortunately, you know, when you single, if you don't have no big milestones, you can't be like, Hey, I lost 15 pounds. Everybody, let's go to come have a party. Like <laughs> we
3: do celebrate. Oh, we, we celebrate, celebrate that. that with you. I, you know, I I'm beat up. Y'all will celebrate, I'm, but I'm, I'm talking I'm,
2: about like my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, um, like people like actually take time out of their lives and their days. Like when you have a baby, when you get married, when you do all this stuff. So since I'm not having those milestones, like if I did get married, I would want to have a wedding. I, it doesn't have to be an elaborate hundred thousand dollar wedding, but. Well, oh like, hell no nah. I would like to do something because I just like to get my family together especially I mean I see my immediate family a lot but even like the the, peri- the more peripheral ones like I just like the idea like when I went I went to my aunt's wedding in August and it was just nice to see everybody hang out have fun laugh like It's just good. I think I just love my family. That's Yeah, I
1: have lots lots of relatives. relatives. I have very little family. I have lots of relatives, but very little family. So maybe that you're right. Maybe that does have an impact on the the desire to do a wedding because weddings are usually for your village. But if your village is questionable and always asking for money, like "Mm, I don't want you asking how much it is a plate and asking if I can slip you a 20 after I do the bridal toss. Um, I Mm -hmm. think that if you're dating someone who comes from a culture where big weddings are a thing. That might be the only exception. Like, you know how there's something like Africans and Indians have these big cultural.
3: That look like a good time. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the only
1: that time. Like time. Yeah, like if I was marrying somebody who was African or Indian, because they have those big, luscious those weddings. Indian yeah. weddings. I've I always know, wanted to go to an Indian Blue, wedding.
3: I, I told you, Blue, I love um, Family Karma on Bravo. Yeah, you do. And the, one of the main couples got married. Like, it was a seven-day thing. Ooh and Jesus. like when actually watching it what they actually do i was like i want to go to i need to find some indian friends i've I been wanting to go to, to an
1: wedding. indian wedding for years and my one friend who married an indian girl didn't invite me another a divorce so that's <laughs> so <laughs> i, that. I want to go to an indian wedding but yeah unless i marry somebody who culturally has to have one of those things of course i want to respect your culture if we're going to re- do life together but outside of that a Justice of the peace in a, a bomb-ass vacation party
2: So if it was somebody like me who was like, you know, I really just want, I want an opportunity to get all my family together. I'm not Indian or Um. African. So I I I mean, I guess I love it. Am I
3: going to come? Oh, I'm going to be there because your wedding gonna be the turn up event. No, she she's saying
1: <laughs> she, she's saying as far as being the partner, she said, what if you end up in a relationship with someone who's not Indian or African
3: and uh, they but they got a
1: big old Jackson 5 fucking family and they want to do this big old wedding anyways?
3: I will if we are in a space where planning this wedding
1: Who paying for not, it?
3: That's what I was gonna say. It's not gonna Is that big
1: uh, ass family paying for it? That's my question. Honestly, but that's what I'm
3: saying. No, as long as planning it, doing it won't actually affect our finding. Like We're gonna be stressed out about it. Sure. If this is what you want, I'm fine. I I don't mind it, but I'm not setting out to have this grand party for everybody else. But if yeah, it's not going like, to affect Lulu I'd pay for it. sure. I, I, my parents would absolutely help. Like, oh, yeah
1: then, yeah, then definitely. If your parents going to pay for us to have a big, luxurious wedding for your 80 million family members, yeah, I'll show up today. I love you. But, but if I got to pay for it, I can't. Uh-uh. uh-uh.
2: I also want to ask, before we move on from Cassie and Diddy, like, I feel like the fact that she, like, sued the company and all that stuff, I feel like that changes everything for all these niggas who was like well if you just you know well you knew how he was why you ain't get out of there why you ain't leave blah 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 blah, blah. it's like she sued her employer motherfucker now what i
3: think it was just honestly i think it was for cassie i think it was just a smart move to do that because suing him directly like say it would have drawn out to years probably of litigation and also it would have been things that he probably would have been able to pull out and say about her to make her look bad and so doing that was a smart move for her
2: of course but the fact of the matter is is he was actually her employer like it's a real thing and so the the point I'm trying to make is it's like all these niggas was talking about like slim thug and all my dumbass trade friends like they are like well she knew what she was getting to blah 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 blah. you know if you you should be smart and get out of there and all this stuff so I'm like okay well now she's sued her employer because she got treated bad at work Now what? And
1: I have to say, as a matter of record and chronological order, he took a 19-year-old girl and tied her into a 10-album deal and gave her one, Jeffrey's arguing, maybe two hit songs and then had an abusive power that was contingent and based on their employer-employee relationship. So it's not just a smart strategic room. It's actually just the fucking truth.
2: Yeah, like literally. It's
1: actually what happened. I think we're so busy seeing her as his arm candy that we forgot that he dangled the carrot of her being a star in her face and had her in servitude like a slave and then turned her into a sex slave. So it's not just brilliant move. It's actually the truth of what actually happened.
3: Yeah. I'm team Cassie. I like what she did.
1: I'm happy you're not the devil. You'd <laughs> <I, I>, <laughs> have to get a new co-host if you were Team Diddy. I'd be like, friend.
3: Oh, no, no, no. I, 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 like, I like the way she did it, the way she went about it. She got it done. She said, you know, let's get this done real quick, real fast. I'm
1: mm. going to sue the corporation. Fuck a Diddy. Right. Fuck a bad boy. Fuck a take that, take that. I'm suing all the corporation.
3: That. Yes, There's also We another- see it all the time, especially you know, and it sucks for the victims, where the the other person just pulls out so much of their past and makes them look like, you know, try and can say all these things about them. And you did yeah. this and X, Y, Z. Cassie said, "Uh, you ain't finna tear me down. We finna get this done real quick."
1: <laughs> well, this actually is the question that I was trying to tie the two women right. The Simone making the the brilliant video explaining what happened legally, and Cassie and her team having the brilliant strategy to actually do it in chronological order and realize that the work environment is what enabled him to be a sexual and social predator allegedly. Um, these two women are a perfect example of how having the wrong partner can completely undermine you and your dreams in your life, right? Because in Simone's case, she's this brilliant lawyer who's breaking down all these other cases, but she got a man who's out here buying sports cars when he can't pay rent. Cassie up here, getting into business with somebody that she's in love with and then finding out that he's a predator who's basically grooming her. Do you guys ever stop and think about, because it's something we've seen a million times, how the right or wrong person that you partner with can literally change the trajectory of your entire life. Absolutely. There's countless stories about it. But do you think about that when you're dating? Like, damn, if I pick the wrong person, this could go left.
3: No, if I pick the right person, it, it could you go know, right. You typically don't see it until you're already so deep in it or until y'all are in the fallout of it.
1: Oh, so you don't proactively think about it when you're dating now?
3: No, because you're in the love bubble and in the happiness oh, bubble. Everything is great and everything is... Speak for yourself, honey. Unless a person is constantly throwing out red flag, you know, daggers, then that's one thing. But if it's all presented wrapped up in this pretty shiny diddy shiny suit package you know it's not until it's like now after the fact But
2: what are your thoughts i'm definitely i'm definitely like nah this this ain't gonna work like there's been guys that i've dated where i'm like okay this is fun this is cute thank you for introducing me to that nice restaurant but i'm like this ain't gonna (laughs) go any further than you know where it's gonna go because i can already tell that the way you live your life is probably not conducive to mine or like Mm -hmm. we're not going to really be able to help each other or grow, evolve, like do well. Cause it does make a huge difference because you also take on like a lot of the shit that they have, like habits they have, like stuff like I need somebody to make me better because I'd be a mess sometimes. So
1: yeah, I think uh, actually up until 2022, me and Jeffrey would have the same answer. Um, But last year I recognized that people that I was spending time with and giving access to were literally a liability to my well-being and my financial and psychological safety Uh,
2: that's the perfect word yeah I
1: I had I had a moment where someone that I was in cahoots with literally almost affected my ability to pay my bills and take care of my family Mm -hmm. I was like "Ooh, I need to be objective about what I look like to an outside person who's trying to use me as a resource because I've never I, seen myself as a resource before. I thought I was just, you know, a Care Bear with big titties and big hair. And if you like me, you like me, yay. Mm-hmm. And I was but, like, no, they're, you're an abundant bitch. And there are people who are lacking, who are going to see you as a come up and not as a as a partner. And yeah. I had never thought like that until last year.
3: I feel like what you just said, Blue, is very real. Like, again, it's just it through my experience of now having these previous relationships and things that I went through. Now, I feel like I will be. But in the past, I was very much like it's a carnival. These ain't red flags. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> six like, right. it's a carnival. Uh, These ain't red flags. It's a carnival. Yes. But you know, cause I did have a moment like that where I financials, whatever thoughts up to myself, but now fast forward. Yes, I do. I will pay attention to that kind of stuff please do, because, I, because I had never experienced it before. Yeah. That's why, but having now experienced it. So I do know moving forward. Yes. So, yeah.
1: And I want to shout out Jason leaks. When I first moved to LA and working with him and I was like, why is he so, funny about mixing friends because jeff you know how we are we love just introducing friends to each other play dates yeah come over come I over
3: bracket. <laughs> well,
1: right right and, and, and it's cl- like the closer we get the more I, he makes a lot of sense the closer makes, i get yeah. to jason's tax bracket that man that crazy and it wasn't until i was at all these things and i had introduced a, I had a friend who i would just take with me as a plus one to stuff and they got mad that they didn't come with me to cardi b's birthday party i was like I was a plus one. How am I going to add a plus one? You can't be a plus one with a plus one. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't you hate that?
3: that is like,
1: like I, I don't know how I got into Cardi's party. Are you serious? I always
3: tell people I am the proud plus one. Thank I'm you. Plus so loving.
1: I don't even know how I'd be ending up in these VIP sections. And I met her friends and they were like, oh, I thought they were going to say, oh, you're her great friend. You guys have great times together. They said, oh, you're the girl who would get her into all the celebrity parties. And I was like, I would never. Categorize you like that. Like, I thought our friendship (laughs) was deeper than that. And to hear the way that she had been talking about me, I was like, Oh, I'm your plug. I thought you, I was your home girl. <laughs> and I was like, oh, babes, you're being a little bit naive here. You don't realize what it looks like. Like you think it's fun that you got into VIP again, but to people who are not in VIP, they're like, that bitch is always in VIP and they're looking at it differently. You see know what I'm saying? And I think all three of us have that in common where we're just trying to have a good time. And if we run into somebody who got something popping and they want us to be in the, in the area because we a good time, then it, so be it, right? We don't intentionally set out to be opportunist. And I think when you're not an opportunist, it's unnatural. For for you to, to realize that people are looking at you as an opportunity. Does that make sense,
3: guys? I already, I already told you, you know what my work ethic is. Meaning an opportunist takes a lot of work it does i don't, I don't have it does. the work ethic to be i just be existing and people like to invite me to places okay, because we're fun like,
1: you're a fun yeah, person like
3: it takes a lot of work to be an opportunist i ain't got that energy mm. a lot of friends. I, I gotta cook i gotta cook my friends
1: i know <laughs> uh so when are we coming over for the red beans and rice you didn't really finish yeah. that invite what's, what's up with I, that it's
3: all it's all yeah well you gotta you gotta come before uh 10 p.m tomorrow because i will be on a flight <laughs> <laughs> what? Jeffrey, November, where are you going? i am i you freezing going? i'm freezing and no, i'm going to celebrate um a house my friends of mine they just bought a house so I'm where are you
1: going i didn't ask know. what where are you going
3: um oh, actually for the first time since 2015 i'm actually going to atlanta oh uh, i have not been to, right That's I, uh-huh. I have not been to atlanta since 2000.
1: No disrespect yeah. to Atlanta. No disrespect, no, right? Because
3: I know was, there's probably uh,
1: lovely people in Atlanta. Um, but some I of like y'all, Atlanta. I, I, I would love to be able to say that someday. I'm going honestly. to see
3: Jessica, so I already nice. told her, Lou. She got to do some two strand twists for me.
1: Oh, that's good. so you're gonna first, come here with your hair swinging on next week first
3: time i ever got my hair when i started growing first time i ever got twisted our friend jessica king she dated lutasha was there and we <laughs> just sit, i was sitting in that chair for hours oh, I, think
1: we were, <laughs> I, th- I think she and i just started following each other recently that's so funny
3: yeah, So. okay so you're
1: gonna be in atlanta getting your hair twisted and doing roll bounce and, and,
3: going to- and seeing some friends yeah
2: and Lou,
1: what do you have planned for this
2: week um this week i listen i y'all was complaining about getting up at five i get up at four forty-five like almost every single day Oh, jesus christ so we have to get a, a sponsorship during, a out of this during the week i don't really do much because i'm sleepy like as soon as we get done with this i'm going to bed <laughs> uh, I, I i appreciate <laughs> I the nap
3: today i have had two days of getting up at 5 a.m and i am drained <laughs> i don't do, yeah. do naps. i yeah. take a nap today
1: I have a lot of stuff happening with my mom and my family back home, and my phone's been ringing. They keep calling me at six a.m. because they don't understand that six a.m. is nine a.m. for them. So I've been getting up super early. This week, I am going to the Debbie Allen Nutcracker premiere mm-hmm. thing. Um, Orlando going-
2: Beach.
1: I don't know. I um, sent you the invite. I mean, I was going to invite you. Remember, you weren't available for mm. Thursday for the oh, Nutcrackers. Yeah. Um, and then Friday, Mike. You know, after Mike, I asked Mike um Is it Goyo? It's Coyo, right? Gayo. So I had it right the first time. I always do that. My gayo he's having a thing um, with Amy and AOB for writers that I really want to just show up and support because with everything that's happening with the strikes and stuff, it's just always good to be around fellow writers and be like, hey, y'all, y'all okay? Everybody good? Um, and then I think there's something happening this weekend. It feels like whenever you're about to leave L.A. for the holidays, everybody's social calendar fills up with stuff for you right you leave town. so it's like the social calendar has been filling up a lot lately um, yeah. i'm gonna be sad that i'm leaving la around the 18th 19th when are you guys leaving for the holidays do you guys I'm know
2: leaving, i'm leaving on the 16th
3: yeah what about you I wanna... jeff i have no plans past this weekend i don't plan <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, okay it, you life know what happens. again I literally, so literally i'm telling you like me going to atlanta it happened before i took that nap so literally my life comes day to day
1: Wow. Okay, on that note, you guys know this Wait. is been-
3: I have a random question. It's so it. random. How do you ladies feel about holiday music and movies?
1: In movies or in and Eve.
3: movies? And movies. Holiday movies and music. Yeah.
1: And music.
2: I love them. See? Give me in the Christmas spirit. See.
1: I like the R&B ones. Let it snow. I like, <laughs> I, I, I like the r&b ones like I, I like i like the idea of people smashing and fucking under the christmas tree by the fireplace or something see,
3: right. I'm, I'm literally one of those people like, i love i think christmas it is the like the song it is the most wonderful time of the year i love the holiday spirit and a preview for the new um eddie murphy tracy ellis ross film on candy cane lane yes candy cane lane it flashed across the screen i was like ooh, i want to watch that and uh my friend the 24 year old said um why do you want to watch that it's a holiday movie it's cheesy and I was like well one it's the holidays <laughs> wow, the <laughs> but kids t-
1: are not okay they're all dead like, inside wow I'm like Grinch that
2: itself it's
3: Jesus. supposed to be like like the holidays are supposed to be fun and cheesy like I, I have my music my alarm I change it on December 1st every year my sono system <laughs> it is changed to my Christmas playlist which is a uh shuffle of Boys Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Kirk Franklin. R&B and Christmas
1: is my favorite Yeah, It's
3: all of it. Like, I wake up every day to how Earth the kid is in there too. I <laughs> wake up to movie. holiday music every day for 31 days. And I just love it. And I, then I had another friend who's the same age and he was like, Oh, yeah, I hate holiday movies. And I hate, ho-. I was like, What's, oh. Am I the only one? No, I, I love will the say cheesy, this happy ending of a Christmas movie. I love all of that stuff.
1: I will say this, so just so that those people don't feel unheard. Um, they might be depressed <laughs> because in 2012, I remember being at Marshalls. You know when you go to Marshalls and they always playing the holiday music, I would start crying whenever I would hear holiday music because I had really bad memories of Christmas because my family was always working. We were never together, which is a really lonely and depressing time of year for me. Shout out to therapy. I can now listen to Christmas music now and, and feel what you feel. But there was a whole section of my life particularly in my 20s, where I found Christmas incredibly depressing. And it's also the time of the time of year where suicide and unaliving rates are spike. It's the time of year where people unalive themselves the most. So the very thing that makes you happy, people who don't have that and who are depressed by it, having it shoved in their faces actually makes them more depressed by comparison.
3: So these two people specifically mm-hmm. that said that, that's, that's not them. They you have no very- No, no, no. We talked about that. They're depression. Are, shows up like, like, no, like, they're like, it's like their, their Christmases were always very family and very happy and very festive. They just like, for whatever reason. I, they and might I, be and I, and I asked them, No, I did. I asked them, I asked, like, was it linked to something like that? And they was like, no, I just don't like, I just don't like holiday music. So that's, that's what I mean in that general sense because there are people like that.
1: Lulu, but- this is the conversation about conscious and subconscious again. You, you, you feel <laughs> it
3: happening?
1: I'm sure everything you said is consciously true, friend. And just sometimes I love before- the holidays.
3: I want everybody to just Like, I don't like cold weather. I don't want to see no snow. But I love the music, and I love the cheesiness of the films where everything works out for the families. and
1: People who say they don't know Uh usually have unresolved pain that they just haven't confronted or don't want to admit. So uh, for those folks who hear Christmas carols and want to weep like I did in 2012 before I got help, um, I need you to know that you're not alone. um, And that, you know, uh, please recognize that if something that joyous makes you feel that sad and and grumpy, there's something there i love there's, it there's Somebody jeffrey loves 20, it jeffrey says holly 20, jolly He said, like, wow you really about to decorate that's the one thing I,
3: I, I was about to order a christmas tree on amazon but then i started i started reading reviews of the one that i really wanted amazon be delivering some bullshit
1: damn <laughs> well in case amazon becomes a sponsor we can all say that the the thoughts of jeffrey
3: <laughs> they need to fill out them christmas trees a little more they christmas trees be looking the ones that they advertise as full fluffed out trees <laughs> I saw like the the uh, reviewers and they would submit photos of what the tree looked like when it got there. You ever see, uh, y'all know what a money tree looks like? Yes. Yes. That's what they advertise in as full Christmas trees. Oh, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: We need to have a conversation too about um, diet culture. No, not as- no, <laughs> we don't need to have a conversation about that. We need to have a conversation about diet culture come January. Lulu, before we go, has your brother um, confirmed that he's going to bring his tall, fine doctor
2: self to the show or not? He said that he has to check his schedule, but he's open to it. He's like, you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, they well, a podcast. because the
1: studio is very <laughs> finite, he actually has to tell so we can like book it. Like It's booked exactly. for the eighth. Do we need to move it? It's, uh,
2: let me text him again right now while I'm thinking
1: about it. I, I, lo- I love it in real time. Um, You guys know that the show will be going on a brief hiatus after the week of the 18th. Um, there's only two more episodes left before that happens. Um, we're going to have a special guest next week. Are you guys coming to the studio for my interview with Jason?
3: When is it next week? Mm-hmm. Next I Monday?
1: Tell us. Mm-hmm. I told you guys, but I just want to make sure before I send the invites out.
3: Wait, so are we not? Wait, this is probably an offline <laughs> question. Are yeah, right, it's going be an
1: offline question. We're going is- to still do an episode, but it can't be a Monday because Monday is when we're doing Jason's um in studio uh, thing in but we'll discuss it. Uh guys, we only have a couple more weeks left, so just make sure that you get your list done on how you want st- to end the year on a strong point. Lulu and Jeff, tell them how they can find you. As usual.
3: You can find me everywhere at jeffro 5 jefro jfro5 That's Instagram, Twitter, all the things. Um hit me up. I got red beans and rice for the next couple. I'm going to freeze it in case. Someone <laughs> someone can
1: you can you send it to me via um Postmates and I'll send, I'll cash up you the money. Okay. Yeah, send it okay. to me in post. Them. Cause I live close. So I only live like 15 minutes from you. How about you, Lulu? Where can they find you?
2: You can find me at LU underscore LU19 on Instagram.
1: And you can also find me at BlueCentric. And for those of you who have been signing up for the On Thy Shift self mastery class, uh, please recognize this is the last week that it is at the 20% discount price. So that's OTS. It stands for On Thy Shift, OTS24.eventbrite.com. After the week that we are in, it will be a hundred dollars more expensive than it is now. <laughs> and i don't know about you but hundred dollars is a lot of money for me so if you want to get a discounted price please do so this week before uh i'm actually I'm not gonna say the date just go sign up and you guys know that we love you and as usual please be gentle with yourselves because we are all just human beings doing human shit i adore you guys this this was fun bye yeah. bye i'm going to sleep
0: electric, electric acid. Acid. welcome to the candle power hour